Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. TV and you know I just got unpacked and I was going to stay tonight right and I go down to the uh, to the, uh, the they had a bar down there they had live music now I was I think I was 20 years old so I wasn't old enough to drink of course but I want to go down and just hang out you know and beat sitting at home so uh, one night he calls me up and says come on over <laughs> and uh, again I'm, I'm unpacked I 
I'm watching some TV, and no sooner had I just got settled in, he called me and says, you got to get out. And I said, what's up? And he says, uh, well, we've got to check in. I didn't think anybody else was coming at this late. So <laughs> I threw everything in my bag, and I had to lickety-split. And literally, I was out uh, just seconds before uh, he shows up with the guest and uh, opened it up. Of course, the bed's messed, and the, uh, the guest looked around and uh, chewed them out. They were angry. They said, how dare you put me in a room that uh, someone's already been sleeping in? <laughs> But uh, that'll show you what we used to do, is you know, when we were youngsters. But uh, so anyway, how often um, did you do this, Shannon? I'd like to know. And were you Bruce Lee then, or were you Shannon Davis? Oh, that was oh. that was the early days, Shannon. So this oh. was probably right. this was probably eighty nine. Uh, uh-huh. So in uh, that same hotel, worked the security guard. His name was Klukies. and uh, Klukie, he just wasn't a night owl, you know. So he would work, you know, the late shift, and uh, it would be boring. There'd be nothing going on. So uh, Klukies would he'd go off in the corner. And uh, he would, like, sit down on the – they had a chair in the upstairs level where the, there was another lobby. And he would sit there, and he would just put his head down in his hands. And if you didn't know better, you would think he was praying. But he was actually sleeping. <laughs> and so if you walk up and tap him on the shoulder, all of a sudden he snap out and say, There's the man! <laughs> so what are you going to do? You're going to uh, bust his chops because he was praying? Right. How did I get off on that tangent? Well, that was good. I've never heard the Kluki story. That was interesting. I've got much better. How long were you hanging around this hotel? How, how many how many years you've been friends with Kluki? <laughs> well, that was actually my brother brother's job. I just came over there a couple times to see him at night, and uh, right. yeah, we used to do that back in the day. You know, we we worked part time jobs, night auditors, security guards, and they usually give you the sucky shift, which is like the midnight to eight. You know, so I now, personally am not a uh, night owl. The cave now, where the cave's at, is that in the same areas where Kluke was, where you're at now? No, 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 no. I, I'm in uh, I'm in the deep south. This was up when we lived in uh, northern Virginia. I lived up in a place really? called uh, Alexandria, which is about 15, 20 minutes from D.C. So, uh, great place, by the way. Man, those were some good years back then. That's where my grandfather was pastoring and worked with the government, did security guard work at night. And uh, it was just an awesome time to be alive. That's when... Jobs were so plentiful that uh, right out of high school, man, I needed a job. And uh, I had a buddy who worked with the government. He says, uh, if you want a job, come back to D.C. So I went up there, and uh, you have what back then was called a civil service test. So you take this test, and uh, you know they score it on like a Scantron machine, and then let you know your score the same day. And, man, they, they said, hey, we've got uh, three openings. You take your pick. I mean, I mean, jobs were just plentiful back then. That was a good time. You get on with the government, good benefits, they give you training. You know, it was a good, solid job. Um, you can't get fired from a government job, man. The bureaucrats are right, like 50 years. Ha- should I ask you what happened then? Did you get fired? I mean, Oh, no, no, no. I'm just fired. saying, what, in terms of longevity, I mean, that's the dream job. Um, you know, bureaucrats you stay there until they die. You worked for the government, though, right? You worked yeah, I did. for the government. Yeah, right out of high school. Well, you know, I took actually I took a year off, and I, I graduated high school early. I was like seventeen, and um, had a couple months before, you know, I was supposed to start college. And then I decided uh, I was going to go get a summer job, and I went to work as a used car salesman at eighteen, and um, sold like three cars in four days. And this was like the most money I'd ever had. And I said, "Whoa, why go to college, man? I'm just going to sell cars." <laughs> what kind of cars you sell? Uh, well, actually, they put me to work at a Ford dealership. I worked uh, selling 
Um, actually, the used car lot first, and then I went over to the new car lot, and and uh, it was going great, man. Except uh, I overstayed, and I missed uh, Alan going to college, and then I realized that uh, it wasn't what it was all cracked up to be because you know you've got to uh, sell the car at all costs. And, you know, that's when I, I found out that, you know, these dealerships, they really don't care, most of them. They'll, you know, they just want you to sign on the dotted line, drive it off, and if the wheels fall off of it, you know, that's your bad luck. So, you know, I had this guy come in, and he bought, buys this Ford Taurus uh, station wagon. Uh, he wanted to buy it for his wife. So what we would often do is say, you know, if you're undecided, take it home, drive it, you know, show the wife and so forth and make a decision. So he drives this vehicle off, comes back the next day and says, man, my wife loves this. Let's go ahead and sign on the dotted line. So... Like I said, I'm 18 at the time. Well, I'm in there, and I'm all excited. You know, I'm fixing to do a deal, and uh, what I would do is while they, they were doing the paperwork, you send it around to the detail shop, and the detail guy would clean it up. So on this particular day, the uh, the guy back there he used a dirty chamois rag, and he's you know buffing the hood of this you know after they washed it, and, man, he must have had gristle on there. He scratched uh, fire out of this hood. I'm talking a brand-new, it, it was black, black, um, uh, station wagon, just beautiful paint job. It was at least until they detailed it. And uh, the guy comes out, he's got the keys, and he looks at the hood, and I look at the hood, and I say, well, my goodness, what happened? You know, and uh, I go back in, and I, I told the manager, and they said, well, hey, he must have scratched it last night. Uh, it's his now. We can repaint it for him. And, you know, man, I, I mean, you know, dear Lord. I said, hey, wow. he, you know, he, he just bought this brand new car. It's not his fault. I think it was the guy in the detail, you know, but when, yeah. when I found out that they didn't care and that, you know, really the bottom line was is they decided to screw the guy, I said, this is not a lie for me, man. I'm not going to lie, Steve, and chill to make a buck. So I quit. So that was my experience as a uh, a new and used car salesman at 18. <laughs> wow, that was and just you know like your first job? <clears throat> well, no, it wasn't my first job. Uh, I worked all during – well, my first job, man – you got to be careful. You might take me back to when I was one years old. You got to be. You got to qualify these questions. <laughs> now I worked. Well, you know, I've never heard about your. Uh, I've never heard about your vocation when you were young. Anyway, it's good to hear. People got to know who you are, Shannon. You know, you're like a mystery. You're the Omega Man, but you know, what, what, where's the man under the Omega, huh? <laughs> man, I was always about uh, buying computer games. I was a nerd. I was a hacker uh, right. back when um, they were still using. Uh, Cassette tape drives and big floppy disk, and so I wanted, uh, you know, I wanted some things, man. You know, we I came from a broken home. Um, we didn't have much, you know. My my uh, the child support my dad would send never took care of what we needed. So I said, man, if I'm going to have what I want, I've got to work for it. So I wanted a water bed. I wanted HBO. I mean, I have this whole list of things I wanted back in the '80s. So I said, I guess I've got to go get a job. So yeah, my first job, I was 13 years old. I worked as a janitor. I would. Uh, I would clean offices of the Xerox company and, uh, you know, go over there after school, work three hours a day. Then I went up and we moved to Texas in 85. Great years, man. Out there in your neck of the woods. We lived out in uh, Plano, Texas, Dallas area. Yeah. And I went to high school out there. Got a job working at a, a local grocery store called Skaggs Alpha Beta. We used to call it Skaggies. For those of you who know that chain. And, uh, started sacking groceries and then, this guy comes in one day, and he has ordered like uh, 20 cases of Pepsi. And I'm talking like big 24-packs. So 
man, I had to haul a couple carts out there and load them in his truck. And he says, you know anybody looking for a job? And I said, well, what do you got? And he says, I've got a catering business. And he tells me, you know, what the hours were. And I said, hey, maybe I could do that. So I said, hey, I'm your man. So I'm do I'm sacking groceries, and then I'm now I'm stocking a catering truck at night, and I'm making good money, man. I was you know I was still in high school at the time, and I would go and blow it on uh, you know video games. And uh, I digress. Yeah, I mean I was used to working my whole life. So you asked me how many jobs I had before eighteen, probably about fifty. <laughs> now I, I got a there. question. I'm going to ro- roll the tape forward a little bit. Um, when did you get the call to ministry? When did you know that you were going to be called to do what you're doing? I remember you telling me uh, like five years went by, and then somehow you ended up in Costa Rica. What, what all happened with all that? I uh, I was raised in the church. Uh, my grandparents, as I mentioned uh, before, probably some of you all heard it, were, were ministers. They were Church of God Pentecostal ministers. So I was raised in the church from the age of four. In fact, my father uh, used to preach. We would leave... Um, church where he was a associate pastor my grandfather in uh in south side atlanta georgia and we would uh leave after sunday school and i remember him taking us over to the uh african-american churches we would go over there and he would preach and uh you know go on for three hours you know and he would do revivals like that and so i mean i was raised you know grandparents my father was preaching and and uh, i thought he was going to be a full-time preacher and uh, then he ended up going to work for CBN. So he got into the uh, the television ministry, and you know we were kind of raised in around that. Uh, you know he handled you know buying media time for a lot of the big uh, televangelists. So I, I saw you know I saw what was going on in uh, TV ministry, and um, you know grandparents in the church. You know we were going to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and you know I loved the Lord, but uh, I didn't have really a calling to go in either route, either an evangelist or a pastor. As my yeah. grandparents and my father were at that time, so, but I knew the Lord had something for me, right. and um, at that time that really wasn't uh, my main concern. You know, I was like anybody else. I, I needed to uh, support myself, and I had a uh, a brand new family. Uh, I got married real young. I got married about nineteen, so my concern was just uh, paying the bills. But uh, I had a keen sense for uh, end times, I and mean, I knew that we were in the last days. I knew uh, even back then. That there was a new world order and uh, knew some of the players, and then as I started to work with the with the, with the government, I was again I was a uh, I worked for the U.S. Army for about seven years up in Alexandria, Virginia. I, I came in contact with a lot of interesting people. You know, I had friends that were in the CIA. I had friends that were um, you know 32 degree Masons. Um, you'd meet all kinds of people up there in, in uh, Northern Virginia because it's just a, it's such a small area, and you've got you know the seat of government up there. Yeah, that's where they have it hidden in the hill, right? They got that big base in the hill up there, right? Well, yeah, they've got um, they've got this called the Greenbrier Hotel, which is was the original bunker for the uh, the Congress to go to, and it sits underneath the hotel. And you know, years later, someone broke the story, and then it was too late; they had to leak it. And I mean, they leaked it, so now you can do tours in there. But uh, they've got bases all over this country. In fact. Um, you know, uh, they've been in a building mode probably for the last 20 years, so. Um, yeah. I'm going down a rabbit trail. <laughs> but well, listen, man, I, what I wanted to know is um, the thing about Omega Man Radio. You know, I got on my notes here. I wanted you to actually 
talk about how this whole thing unfolded. Because remember we were talking a while back how you and I met and how you got into the radio thing and how God called you from Costa Rica and a word of the Lord came through three confirmations. And I want you to talk a little bit about that because it's really important how this thing is, is, is unfolding. I call it the awesome unfolding because that's exactly what's happening. I mean, you know, Shannon, you know how you met Johnny and how we met uh, Salt Ministry and how we met Richie Keltner and everybody and how we're all kind of like being positioned. I want you to just talk a little bit about how you got positioned and where you're at. Well, let me fast forward then, I guess, to uh, probably uh, 2003. I'm living over in Costa Rica. Um, I'm newly married. I married a, a girl that I met there after going through divorce. And I was just trying to, you know, get uh, some focus on life and say, God, you know, um, what do you want me to do? I'm willing to do it. And I was going through some hard times at that time financially. And um, a uh, a job that I had, which had even enabled me to go over there in the beginning, had all uh, vaporized. So I'm sitting in a foreign country. I, I didn't have a visa to bring my wife back at the time. And uh, I said, man, I've got to tighten my belt. I've got to try to hang out here as long as I can. Um so I had downsized to this little house. I was paying $200 a month. I'm living in Costa Rica. And uh, I had no sooner gotten moved in over there than my grandmother calls me. And she says, uh, the Lord gave me a vision, pills of fire. Uh, get your bags packed. You're getting ready for a move. And uh, this is the second time she had told me this. She had told me one time before, and I had actually moved. And, and I just thought, well, maybe God would just tell me I needed to, you know, buckle up. I was going to have to downsize to make it. And, uh so she calls me back in and says, you remember what the Lord told me? She says, pills of fire, uh, pack your bags, getting ready for a movie. You want me to remind you of that? And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. Uh, come on. Don't be telling me that now. That's not what I need to hear. I thought I've moved as much as I'm going to be moving. And I said, pills of fire. And I just got really to fixate on that. And I, I said, pills of fire. Wait a minute. Sounds like a volcanic eruption to me. So I'm in Costa Rica, and I did a little bit of research, and they've got 100 volcanoes over there. Several that are active, and so I talked to a guy locally, and he said, yeah, it has erupted one time before, back when JFK was giving his speech, back I think it was 62 or 63. He was there in San Jose, the capital, and um, Irazu Volcano, which is about 45 kilometers from the capital, erupted, and it was shooting ash all over the, uh, the Central Valley area, which is around the capital where we lived. And uh, the guy said it had freaked him and his family out and they moved over to Spain. Now he was a young kid at the time, but he you know, he had come back in years later, but he still remembered that. And I said, Wow, it's happened before and you know, every once in a while they have another one called Aranal which will uh which will, you know, light up in lava, you can see it kind of flowing down the mountain, but nothing like a a Pompeii or anything like that, you know. But I did a little research on the internet and it said that one day there was a going to be a uh a volcano eruption so horrific that it would bury the whole Central Valley under 100 feet of ash. So I said, well, maybe, wait a minute, maybe God has given me some advance notice. I need to move. And I said, well, God, if that is what you want me to do, then I need a confirmation. And I'm going to need the finances to do it because I have no money to make this move. Within 48 hours, Zoe, Mount St. Helens erupts. And I'm watching it live on CNN. And there was a second volcano within days called Colima. And the listeners out there can Google this to get the time. It was about... Uh, into September 2004. So I'm literally warned ahead of time that a uh, pills of fire, and then there's two volcanic eruptions. But, of course, they weren't in Costa Rica where I was at, so I'm thinking, well, God, okay, maybe that was just a sign. 
if you want to move, I'm ready to move. But I'm going to have to sell everything I've got. And I literally decided I'm going to walk in faith and obey the Lord. And uh, I put everything up and I sold everything within 72 hours. I had a, a vehicle I needed to sell, needed furniture to be sold. And I thought it was going to be a pretty hard feat because, you know, I had bought uh, some American uh, furniture and it was quite expensive at that time. And I said, sure, nobody's going to buy this. And lo and behold, God had brought somebody in and they bought everything I had. Well, now I've gotten the confirmation that it was God talking to me, and he's given me the finances to move. And so we left there, and we go over to uh, Columbia, lived in Cartagena there, which is a little outpost. Um, I didn't want to go any further into the interior for fear of being kidnapped. You know, they'll micro-nap you, as they call it. You know, for 10000 bucks, they'll kidnap you over there and take you out into the jungle, the FARC will, and uh, they'll contact your family, and, you know, you could be over there. <laughs> Over there three or four months, and I said, well, man, if someone kidnaps me, they won't come bail me out, so I may be living in the jungle. <laughs> but uh, to kind of compress this story, I, I get over to Columbia, get set up over there, and I'm just depressed. You know, nothing's working out. I'm thinking, I said, maybe I miss God. And, you know, I take this long walk one day. It was a fateful day, November 21st, 2004, and I'm so depressed. I just left the house, and I walked out. And it was pitch black outside, you know. And if someone wanted to mug me, I guess they could have, and... uh I took a walk along this elliptical sidewalk that was around the ocean because, you know, that whole place is an island, and we only lived a couple blocks from the beach. And and I said, well, if someone jumps me, you know, the heck, I don't heck with it. I don't really have much to lose. On one hand, I'm thinking that. On the other hand, I said, well, I can always just dive in the ocean. If someone wanted to mug you, would they jump in the ocean and follow you? <laughs> so anyway, I walk, and thank God nobody mugged me that night. But, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk with the Lord, and I was just bummed out. I said, God, uh... You told me something that people thought I was crazy for. You said, uh, pills of fire, you know, uh, pack your bags. And if you tell someone that God has given you a word, they'll probably think you're nuts. And, of course, my friends did, and they thought I'd all lost my mind, and I was warning them, you know, you need to leave Costa Rica. And so uh, I get over in Cartagena, I said, well, maybe they were right, maybe I was nuts. And uh, and I said, God, I need a word from you because, uh, I mean, I just, I don't know where to go now. I'm even further than I was, and there's no job over here. I'm an American living in Cartagena, Colombia. Wow. And this isn't a nationalistic uh, country like Mexico, you know. I mean, you know, where they rely on the American economy. Colombia doesn't, not really. And so, I mean, there was nothing over there uh, in English. It was all Spanish. So um, I come back in, and I'm, I'm getting ready. In my, I'm hanging my head low. I'm just depressed, and I was just going to turn in for the night. And I decided to drop by my laptop and just see if there was any messages. And lo and behold, I had a message there. A buddy of mine from Costa Rica said, are you watching CBS 60 Minutes? And I said, no. And I said, I don't think I can get it over here. And he says, uh, they're talking about this product that you were you're telling me about called Hudia. And this is something that God had planted in my mind some months earlier. And, uh, you know, people laughed at it when I, when I told them I was interested in this cactus from Africa. And uh, lo and behold, CBS 60 Minutes doing a special on it. And... Um, it turned into a, a business. I hit a button on the Internet, turned on the ads, and lo and behold, I mean, orders were coming in. It was just like uh, pennies from heaven falling down. I couldn't believe it. I literally went from uh, being broke to uh, having a, uh, a full-time business, you know, that lasted some five years. And uh, what it was, Zoe, is it was, a, uh, it was a reward at that particular point in my life. God was saying, will you trust me in circumstances that just looked, you know, crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I was ready to, to do and go wherever the Lord wanted me to go. I, you know, I had no option but to sell out. I said, God, if you don't help me, I'm screwed. And, uh, you know, God gave me an opportunity that um, 
you know, gave me a, a chance to make a living and take care of my family. Well, we ended up uh, going from Cartagena to Panama, and uh, and then I, I lived there for two years, and then we ended up back in Costa Rica one more time, and uh, the visa finally comes through for my wife, so we moved back to the States. So we came back to the States. This was back in uh, 2007, and uh, I continued to work, and, of course, the economy starting to fall at that time. You know, people are losing their homes. Uh, you know, all the, the the bank bailouts have started to begin, and, you know, my business started to get impacted. I had an Internet business. We sold this, this hoodie product I was telling you about. And uh, it got uh, it got to be a little bit disconcerting. And I said, well, God, is the ride over? And it was like one day God spoke to me and said, it's a miracle you're even alive right now. He said, but uh, if it had not been for helping the poor, because if you lend to the poor, it's as if you have lent to God and he shall repay. And so I learned a very valuable lesson then that uh, that's one of the ways to make it through hard times is always, you know, uh, to feed the poor, man. Help the I litter, agree help totally, the Shannon. Feeding the poor and supporting missions is probably the reason why I'm prospering, brother. The reason why God has blessed me now is because I get to missions. I support deliverance, healing, and I lay my life down in that area. When you do that, it is true. God will. I mean, it's not we deserve it, but he, he just pours it out, you know, because because we're faithfully helping the poor and widow, you know, the downtrodden. Amen. Amen. And uh, that that is a way to make it out of the wilderness. We're going to be talking about that tonight, folks. Yeah. If you're just Amen. tuning in, you're listening to a Mega Man Radio Network. We've got Zoe Mortal live from Texas right tonight. On. And uh, Zoe, you didn't tell me this was going to be a uh, a Shannon interview. Well, well you know, <laughs> you know. You've been interviewing so many people, I thought maybe we hear a little bit about what, what God was doing with you. So continue. Okay. Now you, you get. So I'm back in the States. This is 2007, and now the economy is, you know, hitting everybody hard. And, you know, we're hearing all kinds of reports coming coming in of where we're headed and, you know, imminent attacks and all that. And, um, and I'm thinking, dear God, what, where do I go from here? Well... I kind of got bummed out at one point, and uh, I decided to pull the plug and just go back overseas. Of course, I held up for about two years here. And uh, I ended up going back over to uh, Costa Rica, where I had left uh, some years prior, you know, some five years prior. And um, I was a little bit apprehensive about going back there, Zoe, because God had said, uh, pills of fire. And while there was not a eruption of the magnitude I expected there, it had actually happened at uh, Mount St. Helens in Colima. Uh, I think Colima is over in Mexico. Um, I said, well, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be back or not. This thing could go off at any time. And sure enough, um, it wasn't long, and um, I'm over there, and the earthquakes start to, to happen around the world. You had, I think, the 8.8 in Haiti. Now, this is one, this is about, I know you how long now? Remember you were telling me about the earthquakes when we were chatting on the phone before Omega Men Radio, right? We were talking about you coming to America and that you wanted to come to Ground Zero to serve the Lord. You were ready to lay it down, right? We needed a word from God. This is about that time, right? Yeah, we met each other about a year ago. Uh, I'm in Costa Rica. Uh, I went back over there, and I had just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put everything in storage back in America. I'm going to go back to Costa Rica. We're just going to rent a, a little modest uh, apartment over there. I mean, you can live pretty cheap over there, folks. Um, we rented... Um, a place one time for $200 a month. This particular apartment was a little bit nicer. Uh, I think we paid 550 That's still pretty good to live in a third world. I mean, in a place like Costa Rica, it's not a third world. I mean, it's it's actually as expensive as Beverly Hills. But if you want to 
you know, look around and uh, you're really shop around, you can find some good deals. I mean, I have a buddy over there who's been there years, and he pays three fifty a month. So, I mean, that's a great deal for rent. That's um, true. And anybody that wants to avoid their taxes, I think I heard you can go over there too. <laughs> Well, yeah, right, all the tax evaders together. You meet all kinds of people over there. They have spooks over there. You know, CIA. You've got uh, yeah. DEA. You've got uh, actual mafia, FARC. I mean, it's like a motley crew over there. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful anyway, place, though. It, it's an interesting place. Beautiful weather. Expensive as heck, though. You know, if you if you're used to living uh, like an American. The smart way to do it is you go over there and you go to these open air markets on the weekend and buy fresh fruits and vegetables. So. That's another story. But uh, so I'm living over there, and, you know, things start to shake up around the world. The earthquakes start to happen. You know, Argentina, Chile had two of them, Haiti, Turkey. I'm sitting having lunch one day uh, where we lived over in a place called Ciudad Colon, Costa Rica. And I'm watching this TV that they had pulled out there in the uh, the dining area, and uh, they have a, a Costa Rican government helicopter flying around the volcano that's just lit up. And I said, uh-oh, this is like deja vu, you know, what's going on here? It's like it's it's happening again, you know. Now we've got a volcano that's uh, went active, earthquakes going on around the world, and uh, if that wasn't bad enough, I get a call. I get a call from uh, our, our good friend Maria Ebel from Philippines. Right, yeah. Maria. And Rich, and she st- Maria started to have some dreams. She says, I was on the phone with you and Rich, and... Um, I hear you say, oh, my God, there's an, there's an incident here, uh, massive earthquake, and she hears things falling, and then all of a sudden the, the phone gets cut. Now, that's a little bit unnerving, folks. You have someone call up, and they've had a dream that uh, you've been in an earthquake. <laughs> and at a time when there's earthquakes going, going on almost like every week somewhere around the world, so I said, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I said, God, uh, you know, what are you trying to tell me here? Well, a few days later... I'm on the phone with my grandmother, and uh, my grandmother, who who was one that had the original vision the Lord had given her when I was here before, uh, told me it would probably be a good idea to pack my bags. And I said, Grandmother, I really don't have any intention to come back to the States right now, okay? I mean, it's going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, I really don't want to go back go back home right now. I think I'm fine where I'm at. But, you know, I was just getting, you know, a little bit more uh, unnerved. Now, that's the second person who had warned me, you know. But of course, you were, I had though, seen... praying. You were. I remember you telling me that you were like, Lord, I'll go to ground zero. I'll go back to America. You were telling <laughs> Richie Kay that, the same thing. You were saying in your heart you wanted to serve the Lord and be in ministry, and you wanted to bless the body, and you felt like, you know, that was what you were supposed to do. So God knew your heart. I mean, and he was speaking. Yeah, I mean, I, you asked me uh, when I first got a calling. I mean, I had a relationship with the Lord my whole life, and uh, I was very sensitive to the Lord. I believed the Word of God. I believed that uh, we were in the end times. I saw the signs, and I started to kind of build a dossier in my mind of, you know, what's going on around the world, and I was, you know, I believed in Bible prophecy, let me put it like that, but I didn't believe that really there was going to be much time for me to do any ministry. I thought it was really about buckle down, we're getting ready to go into the tribulation, so, you know, what am I going to be able to do then, I'm thinking. I thought it was merely just about survival, and so... um, you know, what What could I do to prepare to make it through? Well, right, little so did the, I third know, com- the third confirmation, what happened? God had another plan, so we'll get another call. This time, uh, Maria has another dream, and she says, uh, the lights have went totally out 
I see people running into the streets and things are shaking and falling down around and I hear all this stuff coming down and that was a very ominous warning. It was like that time I think something fell, she thought something probably fell on my head. Well, believe me, I went into preparation mode. Uh, I, at that time, you know, we had already been having a problem with the water and you would wake up and after about 10 a.m. Uh, there was no water. So I said, dear God, if an earthquake actually hits here, there's already no water. Now there'll be no electricity. We'll be like living, you know, out on the, in the desert somewhere. So, you know, we're having water outages, uh, power issues over there. And so I have a to-go bag by my bed every night with a flashlight, and uh, I'm ready to dash out the front door if need be. <laughs> my wife and I said, you know, let's be prepared because maybe this is a warning, and uh, God is just wanting us to survive it. So we need to be ready to dash at a moment's notice, you know, our bug-out bag. So. You know, it was a little bit unnerving. You, you go to bed and you really have restless, restful sleep because you think at any moment you could feel the shaking and you've got to run for your dear life. So I said, okay, well, God, if you want me to go, I mean, I'll, I'll move, but I need a confirmation. So, uh. Now you already finally, got two. Well, I had two, two dreams and then my grandmother told me it would be a good idea to take all my bags and get out. That's what she believed the Lord was showing her. And she was just yeah. grieved in her spirit and I said, I, don't, I really don't understand what's going on, God. Why would you want me to leave now? So I was fighting it is what it was. And then I finally said, okay, God, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take a trip. I'm not going to make a commitment to move, but I will. Um, I need to take care of some errands back in the States anyway. So it would be a good time for my wife to go visit her parents, and I'll come back to the States. But, you know, God, I can't leave until at least Friday because I ordered a uh, little Sansa sand disc. It's like one of these little iPods. Yeah. And it was coming in the mail, so I'm thinking, God, I need at least a couple more days because I don't want to leave this package behind. <laughs> so that's my logic. And so I'm on this phone one day, and uh, I'm on the phone with Richie Keltner and then Brother Benny. Uh, he's a 78-year-old street minister in New York City. He goes out. Right on. I know Brother Benny, man. I met him. Yeah. You I know Brother Benny? Yes, I do. So we're, you know, we're just... Uh, we're just chatting, chatting away, myself, Rich, and Benny. And as the conversation's winding down, Benny says, uh, "The Lord has given me a word for you right now." And I think he started to speak in tongues. And he says, uh, "Do with it what you want." I said, "Okay." And laid on me. I told you, get all your bags and get out. Thus saith God. And man, it was like someone had just took me to the woodshed and beat me. I said, this was not a uh, a happy warning. I mean, uh, you know, a friendly instruction. This was, I told you to get all your bags and get out. Now, brother, that's the fourth warning I've had. I'm a little bit unnerved at this point in time. In fact, I'm fearing for my life. And I said, dear God, uh, I'll probably die down here because I uh, wanted to wait two extra days for an iPod to arrive. <laughs> and they'll write on my gravestone, he died for a $100 iPod. He wouldn't obey the Lord. So I'm unnerved at that point, and I, I told my wife, I said, listen, uh, I, if I've learned anything, uh, and I've, I've missed God sometimes and did not obey with dire con- consequences, but I have also found out to obey God is better than sacrifice. So I said, i tell you what I'll do is um, I have no choice. I told my wife, Marina, I said, I don't understand what's going on. I really don't want to leave. I don't want to leave you. So I'm going to send you to your mom's house, go visit her, and I've got to go back to the States and see what God is trying to tell me here. Because there's something serious going on. 
And uh, well, maybe he's just trying to get us out of Costa Rica. Maybe the volcano is about to erupt for sure this time. Because although it didn't happen, I always knew that it, it will eventually happen. Listen, the ring of fire is definitely going to erupt. With the earth changes that's predicted and some of the things NASA has been saying about what's coming, it will erupt. It's just a matter of time. So I think the warning it was a test to see if you would obey. And God has proven you faithful that you would pack your bags in an instant and just go where he tells you to go. And that's and that's what you've done. And that's really noble of you, man, to just pack up and put your wife over with her mom and say, look, you know, I'll send for you and come to come to uh, the States. And then, wow. And then when you got to the States, what happened? Well, I, I found out the best policy is to obey God, uh, because if you don't, you can be dead meat. And, brother, I didn't want to be Pompey Toast. If it was getting ready to happen and I didn't obey God, I mean, listen, there would have been no escape. There's only two roads in and out of, and by the time you hit that road, it would have been jam-packed. You, they would have literally have dug me up in about a thousand years. I'd have been one of those that they they found, you know, frozen, freeze-dried, uh, <laughs> freeze-dried yeah. Omega Man. So uh, I end up hopping a plane the very next day. I I could only beg for mercy at that point in time. I said, God, forgive me for tempting you. I will get the next flight out, and literally I did that. I did the fastest packed job in history, and I had a lot of stuff to sort through. I didn't know if I was coming back or not, so. You know, I kissed my wife goodbye. I gave her money to buy a ticket to go visit her mom, and I said, uh, I'll call you when I get to the States. But I said, uh, if we obey the Lord, we'll get through this, and we'll be back together. If we don't, I don't know what's going to happen to us. Uh, so uh, I hopped the plane. I landed in the States, and I had a sigh of relief. I said, wow. <sighs> Praise God, I made it. I said, my trouble's over. And uh, little did I know that was the start of a big adventure, Zoe. Uh, I thought it was going to be a uh, piece of cake, man. Uh, <laughs> well, little did I know God was getting ready uh, to uh, take me up my word because I'm sitting here talking to you in, in Costa Rica and, you know, we're discussing what's coming on America, what's coming on the world, that uh, there really right. is no place to hide. And the best policy is to be in the center of God's will. And I, he said, well, why don't you come back to the States? I said, brother, I really don't want to go back there, but if that's what God's will is, you know, I'll come to ground zero. And right. little did I know God would require that of me, and literally he he drafted me at that time as he's drafting thousands, excuse me, of people around the world right now into his end-time army. And, um, yeah, I, I have, uh, I've been back in the States about six months, and uh, I'm still going through boot camp on the backside of the desert, man. All I've got is a pup tent. <laughs> so God put you in the cave. He gave you a connection to the Internet, and now you are, you are now... As Omega Man is the last, is it last man standing? Is that what it stands for? Uh, the the Omega Men are the uh, the men who the Omega. men and women who endure till the end. Right, endure to the end. So you're like positioned in the cave over there, and you're ready to endure to the end till Jesus comes. That's where you're at. And it wasn't any red carpet limousine picked up at the airport. He just thrust me in the back of the desert. He said, "Take this pup tent and go." You know, I've been, I'm actually right now as we're speaking, I'm broadcasting with a camel hair suit, and I just uh, enjoyed uh, pasta with uh, locust. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. That is good. I mean, so here's here's the deal. Uh, I fast forward six months. Uh, what I have found, Zoe, is uh, God has thrown me into the wilderness, uh, a wilderness that uh, you entered some time ago, and um, what God is. Showing me is uh, 
a word that was given to me that goes along with all this. He says, I'm going to prepare you so that you will not faint. And I said, so that I will not faint. What would I possibly faint? From, right. And, brother, what I've come to realize is that uh, we're getting ready to go into the most horrific time in the history of man, but also a time where there'll be amazing signs and wonders, and it says, uh, my people will do exploits. So we're going into the uh, the landscape of Mad Max to the thousandth degree, Zoe. Yeah. And Amen. God has well, got to prepare people to endure because uh, many's hearts are going to fail them for fear. And they'll be part true. of the great falling away. Well, remember our prayer on the first show? We had a chance to actually dedicate. I think it was Mike Beavers and me. I tuned in at the end and kind of like blessed the show. And it was kind of crackling a little bit. You were just getting used to the, uh, the uh, microphone and all. Remember we prayed and we said, you know, Lord, grant those that have not had a chance to share and testify the gifting of God and, and the people. Let them come forth. Because there's a lot of radio out there. You know, you get your premier guests on, you know. But the, the, the saints of God, you know, they're a blessing. They, get, they have the gifts and, and uh, an anointing from God to speak and minister. And what I've seen happen since we prayed that is that's exactly what's happened. You've been a conduit for... The little guy, the guy that, you know, the nameless, faceless believer, as William Lau puts it, and uh, given a chance for people to share their hearts and, and ministry and bless people and pray. And I think that's what it's about. It's about bringing the body together, letting the counsel of many speak on behalf of what God is doing. And um, I, I commend you because there isn't really a show like Dr. Holiday said there isn't really a show like the one that you, you you have, and it's awesome that the body can come together, guys like me and others, um, you know, that, that you've allowed on the show, and you've even brought, brought back some of the generals uh, of deliverance, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure, but, you know, you've, you've dug them up, you've actually gotten and, and found their phone numbers when people said, well, whatever happened, did this person die, and you found them and resurrected the ministry and, and brought them on the show, and, and it's awesome that you got the heart to want to see the body come together as well. And well, I give I give the Father God and Jesus Christ the Son all the praise, honor, and glory. You know, I'm nothing. I'm just a private first class in in the Lord's army. I think I actually got promoted from private to private first class, but <laughs> <laughs> that comes after about six months in service. They gave me my first bar. Um, the, the point I'm making here is, uh, years ago, brother, I had, uh, I'd been in a low time in my life. It was actually, I'd be honest with you, come to think of it, it was, uh, right around September 11th, uh, that's interesting, 2001. I'm in Alaska at the time, and, you know, I'm back in, uh, living about two hours outside of Anchorage. I went up to, to be with my mother there. They had a ranch at the time, and they're so far out in the boondocks, man, there was like no, uh, radio reception. But I did have internet, so I'm on there and I'm, you know, I'm working and I'm trying to uh, feed the spirit man. And I, I tune into this guy. He, he calls himself Jonathan Hansen. And little oh, did I know, Hansen. Prophet yeah. Hansen. He, he's got this broadcast and he's he's preaching like during the feast of the Tabernacles. He, I remember he had this message about thrust the knife in and you know kill the uh, the, the, the old man. And uh, you know he's talking about dying to the flesh. And, man, it was the Holy Spirit uh, who pricked my heart. And, uh, you know, uh, I felt like crying. And it was like, uh, this is something I haven't heard in years. I mean, since the days I used to go to my grandfather's church. And I had drifted away from the Lord and went through some really hard times at that point. 
in 2001, and um, I said, God, this is the man who needs to be on TV. Guys like this, uh, and I'm having to listen to him on uh, an Internet radio program. And there there were several others I'd come across, you know, guys like Michael Bolday, a hand of help. And I was, you know, I'd seen the little man who didn't have the uh, the well-financed ministry. And I said, God, if these people could just be on the major platform, you know, they know what time it is. They're trying to warn America to wake up. And I said, uh, I would like to be used as a conduit. I said, if you'd bless me, uh, I would like in some way to be able to help them get a platform and... Uh, you know, God heard that prayer even nine years ago, and I had this burden on my heart to do some programming. Uh, just didn't know how to get it off the ground, Zoe. I mean, I'm just not technically inclined when it comes to hooking cables and digital hybrids and all these terms. You know, I'm having to to try to learn about microphones and streaming. And you know, uh, praise God for Richard Keltner. He, God gave him a really a good gift on how to put it together. And uh, I'm listening to his program, and I said, man. If I could get a program, I'd love to have one like that because he's got the most broadcast quality signal I've ever heard. So praise God for, for Rich Keltner, Watchman Radio, uh, good friends of ours. and um, Yeah, Brother Rich. Shouts out to you. Shouts out to Maria Ebel. That's right. And, you know, Maria didn't have to give me that cream, brother. Uh, you know, many people receive a word from the Lord and they sit on it. They're afraid yeah. that people might think that they're nuts or crazy or get angry. But, folks, if you've got a word from the Lord, you have an obligation to give it. doesn't matter how hard a word it is, because if you don't give it, the blood's on your hands. If, if people perish, that uh, should have had that warning. And so thank God for Maria and, and Rich out there. And so, uh, you know, God opened the door through a, a series of circumstances um, to allow me to get a little program going on Blog Talk Radio. We're not... Uh, a very big program, folks. There's, you know, there's thousands and thousands of people up on blog talking. But you know what? I, I said to God, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go back into ground zero if that's what you want me to go. I know that the FEMA camps have been built. I know that uh, they've got a red-blue list. I know about martial law. I know that 911 was an inside job, and they're probably planning to trigger the next uh, event. I mean, brother, I had been studying this for so long, and uh, it wasn't a question of who the players are. It was understanding that if you follow the money all the way up, the command and control structure, as Al Cuppet calls it, to the top, you've got none other than Satan at the top pulling the puppet strings, trying to orchestrate another new world order like he tried to pull during Babylon with the Tower of Babel. And if you believe the word of God, it says that these things have to happen. And I said, you know what? They're just confirmations that we are in the time of the end. And I said, God... I really don't want to go to one of those camps because I know you go in, you don't get out. You know, Revelation 2 talks about, Zoe, that uh, for he that is meant to in captivity, captivity he, he shall go. And I said, God, I hope that you don't intend for me to go there or that I end up going there because I was a fool and I didn't hear you trying to give me a warning to get out of harm's way. You know, if you want me to go there and lay down my life, I'll do it. But, God, I would, I would, uh, I would prefer to, you know, uh, go out another way. In fact, one time, Zoe, I even contacted the IDF in Israel. <laughs> and I said, man, listen, will you give me an M-16? I'll come over there and fight the Arabs with you. And they they, uh, they probably thought I lost my mind, but they they did write me back, and they said, well, it's against our um, <laughs> charter to let a foreigner come over and fight in the military, but you can drive a forklift. <laughs> so they said I could go over and work in a warehouse and move food around on a forklift if I wanted to volunteer my time, but... <laughs> 
But I said, God, I'd like to die somewhere over there. So let me die in Israel, please. I don't want to go into the camps. But I said, you know, not my will, but thy will be done. Well, you know, when, when, you, when you tell God that uh, you're willing to do something, you know, be careful. He might give you what you ask. And lo and behold, here I found myself back in the States, uh, stripped away everything from me, man. My wife uh, is in the other part of the world. Um, the business is gone. I'm living literally day to day, my friend, asking God for daily bread. My daily bread, brother. I told you that God provides every day. You know, uh, thank God I have been able to eat some Wendy's you know, burgers along the way. It hasn't all been ramen noodles, but, uh, I mean, literally, folks, it's week to week, you know. Uh, I still have, I'm still trying to get the, you know, the tent business back up online. <laughs> like Paul? Well, you know, Shannon, both you and I have been very well off and in the past. We know what it is to work with our hands and make money. And then, but we never knew what it was like to trust God every day, daily. I never thought in a million years that I would be at a place like like when God strips you and brings you to the cave, and you got to trust Him every day. Man, I struggle, but you know what? He is faithful, and He, even though I have many gifts and I could make lots and lots of money if I just stepped out of my own self, I said, "No, Lord, I want to do it Your way. I want You to show me that You are my provider, that it's not my hand, but Your hand too." And you know what? God has come through every single time, even when it came down to a can of beans. I mean, God was there. I mean, I had food. I couldn't complain. So I learned to rejoice in the, in the little thing. And I'm like, you know what? And I believe that I'm positioned to be wealthy and to receive that wealth transfer so I would be a wealth distributor, not just someone who would take money and use it for my own selfish gain. And I had to die that death to know that, hey, man, what would I do with the money if God gave it to me today? And I know exactly what I would do. I would feed the widows support missions so into fertile ground. And I don't think I could say that totally when I had my own years ago. I don't think I could say that. And God tested me and took me down. And I know he's doing that with you, too. I don't do that with anyone, anyone that's willing. He's doing it with thousands upon the, across the, this land and, and the world. Uh, you know, God is activating his end-time army. Folks, if so you're just tuning the wilderness, in, right? You're listening to the Campfire Chat. We're talking about the wilderness. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we've already went into the wilderness, and you're probably not far behind us, folks. Uh, many of you may be in the wilderness now. You're listening to Omega Man Radio Network. We've got Zoe Mortal live on the campfire. We've got our uh, bowl of beans over here. We've got some coffee. We've got a little bit of a hardtack. Uh, we pulled out of the saddle. We've got the, the campfire you know, and, you know, and people might have expected us to talk about women in the pulpit tonight, but we decided to talk about the ministry and the call of God, right? Amen? Amen. Uh, folks, listen, whether or not uh, you want to accept the fact we're all going to the wilderness, the question is, is will you die in the desert or will you make it to the promised land? And uh, when Israel left Egypt, uh, heading out behind Moses, with Pharaoh's armies uh, close behind, you know, they they lost everything that they had uh, carried out there after about three days. I'm talking about food and provisions. Now, they kept their gold and so forth, but, you know, literally they had to rely on God. It only lasted so, you know, so long, the provisions they had made to survive out there. And little did they know that uh, they were going to end up going there 40 years because of their disobedience. And most of them died in the desert. And uh, you're going to go in the desert, and we've got to die to ourselves, and then... Whether or not we even make it out of the wilderness is one 
is basically based on you and I being willing to obey the Lord and accept whatever he has for us. And it doesn't always mean that he's going to take away everything and then you won't get anything back. But I do know this, Zoe, it says, uh, he that will seek to save his life will lose it. But who, he that will lose his life for my sake shall save it. And I believe that that's the way to make it through the wilderness and make it out to the other side, especially as we go into this uh, wilderness of the Great Tribulation, my friend. Right. Well, when people, um, when the Lord blows that trumpet and that fires off, you know it's going to be a stripping down of everything we know. We know that it's going to be a stripping down. It's, it's going to be trusting in the Lord for food, for, for uh, you know, his safety, his provision, his health divine health, all the things that we take for granted as Americans that we have, we're going to be having to rely on him because it is going to be stripped away. And better now to be prepared now to actually go through it, to actually be stripped now so that we do not faint, as you said. Because you know what? If we're not stripped now and being prepared now, we will faint. There will be men, their hearts will fail for fear. And those are the ones that aren't being stripped, that aren't preparing, okay? And that is where we're at. And anybody that's truly the remnant is really being stripped and prepared now. And we could open up the lines right now. I guarantee you, call after call, that's what people will say if they're truly God's remnant and, and chosen. That's what he's doing with the remnant right now. Amen. Uh, you know, what God will do is he will put you into some roughage, but uh, he'll do it with love and he'll do it uh, at a pace that, you know, you can get uh, accustomed to the water. You know, he won't just throw you into the scalding uh, pot. Uh, you know, he'll let you get adjusted to it, and, you know, he'll bring you through it. Um, would you rather do it with the Lord, or would you rather find yourself thrust into it uh, along with the rest of the world and, and not have the Lord to walk to hold your hand as you're going through it? Because that's going to be coming to a lot of folks, and that's where the, the great offense is going to come, the great falling away, with the emphasis on great, great numbers, multitudes that they find themselves thrust into the wilderness, except there's not a lot of time prepared. They're in it. And uh, they're just all of a sudden, their whole life has changed. And a lot of people cannot uh, handle sudden impact like that, Zoe. What they do is they jump out windows, don't they? Or in this case, they're going to say, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for that. I'm not going to go through that. The heck with being a Christian. And they fall away, brother. They don't come back in most cases. True. Well, you know, speaking that we're on the subject now of, of like, when and all this and timing, you know, if you review back in the beginning of the year, like, I know you have your friend Rick Wiles, and he made some statements and some declarations earlier in in the year. Nathan Leal did, and Benjamin Baruch did, and many of the men, the watchmen, have spoken about what they believe is the timing, you know. And uh, and if we go back to Rick Wiles, and he said that, what did he say about the prayer and fasting in the beginning? He said, they that pray and fast for three months and really give their heart over and let God speak to them and prepare their heart and their, and their life, that they would be ready for the last three months of this year. Now, we haven't gotten to the last three months of the year. It's, what, three weeks away, just about? We've had yeah. Nathan, Nathan Leal speak about judgments on America that are looming, that are in, in, in process, that are, they're unfolding. And we talked about the Gulf, and we see the earth changes that Benjamin Baruch and his friends from NASA have spoken about. And the timing was 12 to 16 months that these things would begin to unfold. 
and we see them beginning to unfold. We have Michael Root speaking of the timeline of Daniel, saying that this year is the year of the beginning of the Zechariah War, which is over in Israel. We see things mounting up in Israel. Uh, so everybody is trumpeting this message of prepare. The trumpet's about to sound. Now, if in fact every one of the men of God that we trust, David Eels, also has been warning, and he left his home, and all of his church left their home, and moved to a mountain, for God's sake. And if that doesn't say something really big, I don't know what else can say, because that man is a man of God, and that man, he's, he's on, top of, uh, on top of it prophetically. He puts it all together. And uh, every one of these men of God have said, this is coming, this is it, and they're getting ready. And uh, so we're, we're at the, the doorway. I mean, I'm not talking about years. I'm not talking about months. We are at the doorway of this thing going down. And, uh, and that is why Omega Man Radio has been sounding off the alarm. I mean, God sent you, brother. God sent you to Ground Zero, shook Costa Rica over there, whatever it took to get you over here. He set you up that you, got, you would be a network to many ministries. There are at least... 25 to 30 ministries now that are connected, that are hearing this message, that are all being networked. And believe me, Omega Man Radio, it can be downloaded. It is going out. They are hearing this message. And it's important because we have to trumpet this message. What is the numbers 333 that we've been seeing? That is the number of a watchman, that a watchman must trumpet the voice of the Lord. And that's his job so the blood would not be upon that, our, our shoulders, but it would be trumpeted out so that we would warn and then you have the, the, the 911 numbers that have been coming up week after week, day after day. I can't tell you how many times I've seen 911. You've seen it. Rich Calvin's seen it. We've all been seeing this. What's happening? He's trying to reach us to let us know it's time. It's time. Now's the time. There is no more time. So you got to get ready. You got to buckle up your bootstraps. You got to get your face in the Word. Confess your sins to the Lord daily, worship Him, and get ready for the most crazy ride you've ever been on, because we are, we are the last-day saints. We are the last-day saints. Amen, brother. The, uh, the, um, the rain drops are starting to fall. The animals are getting uh, restless, and they're getting ready to shut the door. God's getting ready to shut the door on the ark. I mean, as it was in the days of Noah, my friends, uh, it's that late in the game. Um, the storms are coming. You know, the, the wars, the famines, the plagues, the civil unrest, the martial law. And, uh, well, I'm getting out of the country, then I'm going to run to Central America, folks. I've been there and done that one. These places have a shelf life. I look for a place to go. In fact, at one time, I could have went anywhere that I wanted to go. And when I really researched it, I found out that there is no place to hide except in in God, and the safest place you can be is in the center of God's will. And I came to the conclusion, Zoe, that there's several paths out of this. You know, we've talked about it, and we'll go into a show one day in real detail, but the the broad stroke is uh, you can uh, be part of the great falling away when the offense comes to the church. You can uh, go into the camps. If you're meant for captivity, that's where you go. And Revelation 2 talks about your hang on for ten days because they'll... They'll offer your head up at that point in time. But if you keep the faith, step out of this body, you'll be in the presence of God. You'll die a martyr. You'll get a martyr's reward. There's some, though, they are going to try to 
pick up the physical sword, the AR-15, and fight the New World Order. And, and yes, people, you're out and, and you know what, friend. brother? We will get into that and talk about how we could prepare our hearts for whatever destiny that God is allowing for us, because there is really only four that we can see. I mean, the church believes they'll be raptured. Some of the church believes there's a rapture. And yes, there is a rapture. But it isn't when they think it is. Before we, they, we get out of here, there's going to be a purging and purifying amongst God's people. And we'll all, all those that are called as the wheat are going to go through that. And the others, the tares, are going to fall away as God promised there'd be a falling away. But here's the thing. Where is the church triumphant in all this? Where is the church that is ministering the Great Commission? Where are, where are those that will stand up when, when, when the trumpet blows against this, the, the tribulation period when it begins, that will go out and, and conduct the greatest revival this world has ever seen with the ministry of the saints? That is something that a lot of people say, ah, the saints are done, you know, it's over, you know, pack it up, the church is done, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what? No, God is not done with his church. He said he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's sending the spirit and power of Elijah upon his church now. You can see clearly in Malachi that there is a powerful ministry moving through the seven years. And that is the church triumphant. And I believe part of you and I knowing each other, and also Johnny over from New York and Salt Ministries in Seattle, and we have uh, you know uh, Pastor Bell in Euless, Texas. And we can go down the list, Dr. Holiday, and all those that are being joined. We have, we are that remnant group that's going to minister in the Great Commission. And God is just preparing not only us, our little groups, but he's preparing many other groups to be ready to do what God has called them to do, just like it was back in Jesus' day, which was the first reign. The second reign is going to be that much more powerful, and the outpouring will be global, not just localized. So this is something that has not happened yet. Many will try to say, oh, no, it's over. And, oh, he's done with the apostles, the prophets. No, 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 he's not done. He's reforming and bringing a greater government now so that he can launch his final day church. And that's what we're all being stripped down to. We're being stripped down from the apostasy. And God is calling out those who are under its grip one by one. And praise God, I was called out of it. And I know many other uh, ministers that could give you a testimony about them being involved in the isms. Okay, and God calling them out one by one. So we're all being joined like an army. God's raising us up. He's blowing into us the, the breath of heaven because we need to be ready to do the work of the Lord. And that's really my heart. And I know, Shannon, you didn't come back here to ground zero to mess around. Amen, brother? Amen, brother. And I want to read something. You know, um, we all talk about end-time prophecy, where are we at, and all these pastors will be quick to quote Matthew 24. You know, about uh, the signs that would come before the return of Christ. They uh, they seem to overlook uh, verse 9. It says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and hate, shall hate one another. And it goes on and on to tell, you know, what's coming. Brother, we don't get out of here without uh, some heavy-duty persecution coming first, and there's going to be a lot of people going to lose their lives. And there's going to be a lot of people that are offended when the persecution comes. They're not going to like being targeted as a as a new terrorist, which uh, is what Christians and patriots and the Jews are going to be labeled as. You know, we're getting ready to go into the second Holocaust, folks. That's right. You know, they're coming. 
for everything that uh, you've ever worked for, everything you got, and um, they're not coming to give you a cake. <laughs> well, you know, you wonder why so many were offended. Now, I believe that's the believers, you know, those that yes. was believing in Christ. Why? Because their churches set them up. They were yielding to a New World Order government system that said, come and sup with me, and we'll take care of you. And they were fed some lies about the rapture and other things. And you know what? What happened is they got offended, not only at the real believers, but telling them the truth, but they got offended at their their churches and their pastors and God himself, because they it always turns around that people who don't know the Lord blame God. You hear? Somebody who's immature doesn't know the Lord. They always blame God. They're always bitter and blaming. Well, these young Christians that are out there, just sheeplets that are just being fed a bunch of nonsense, they are going to blame God. And that is the great offense. That is the great offense. Amen. Zoe, they are totally caught off guard, man. Uh, They didn't listen to God when God uh, tried to prepare them, tried to pull them into the wilderness, tried to sit them down and say, look, son, daughter, um, You've got to go through some trials, just like the disciples did. You know, we're going to have a chance to do just what Peter did, and we can either deny Christ or run. They all scattered. Um, Can we learn anything from that? Well, we've got to learn that uh, we're going to have our opportunity, and then what are you going to do when that time comes for you? Well, it, it won't come on you as a thief in the night if you've been prepared to know that you've got to endure till the end. And we've got to watch and pray. Jesus commanded that at least three times. Watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. Well, if you know what's coming, then it's not as a shock to the system. But the mainstream church, Zoe, they're going to be caught off guard, man, because they were told that they don't even have to bother reading Revelations. Because that's only for those that are left behind. You know, well, that brings gonna... me, Yeah, that brings me to think about, well, if we truly... God is truly pouring out his, the spirit of Elijah. Elijah was called to the house of Israel. Elijah went on the mountain where backslidden Israel was. And he didn't just turn a deaf ear. He said, you know, repent. Let me show you the true God. Let me tro- show you the true fire. It wasn't about browbeating them. He just said, look, you know, I'm going to show you who God is. I'm not going to say anything about your apostasy. Matter of fact, he encouraged their apostasy. He said, cut yourself. Matter of fact, he was mocking. He was going, hey, man, hey, add some more feathers and gold dust to that, by the way. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep, keep it up. Keep dancing around. You know what? You know what I mean? And then I'm going to show you. I'm going to walk right in and show you who God really is. And I will demonstrate the true revival, the true spirit of heaven. And that's kind of the challenge that we have. Yeah, we could, we could go and uh, tear up the, uh, the apostasy. That's easy. I mean, it's so easy. Everybody knows what's going on with them that, that have come out. But what is our job if we're truly called under that anointing? We're called to reach out. Now, William Lau, who I respect, who I am ordained under him, and I highly respect his ministry, he goes into the churches. He goes in where they are, and he demonstrates the true healing and deliverance power of God. He makes disciples. He does the Great Commission. And God has launched him worldwide. Let me tell you something. He never took an offering. Never. That man will, he, you don't even want to hear about an offering. He came into New York City. Well, I drove this man around. He, he, nothing. He didn't even want to thank. Nothing. He trusted God for every ounce of what he gets. Those people are unbelievable. And you know what? They, they have taught, they have trained and imparted to me, to Johnny Over, to you, 
to Rich and to many other people around this world. And, and we are being trained. We are being raised up to do this work. And it's exciting. You know, we don't know what tomorrow is. You know, we don't know when exactly we're going to be launched out. We know we're waiting for a launching. We know we are. I mean, it hasn't hit yet. But when it does, we're all going to step out in our training. We're all going to step out. So the key here right now I'm hearing is that God is preparing those that he that he's called and he's equipping them. And if you can get under the equipping, you can get under the teaching and the training of God's shepherds and his hand, then you will be ready to step out into the greatest outpouring that this world has ever seen. You know, uh, and it's not so much, uh, folks, about um, knowing the signs of the times and where we are in Bible prophecy so that we can you know, have this advance warning so we can escape. Listen, no one gets out of here alive, Zoe. Even if uh, there are going to be some that are going to make it through to see uh, Christ return, which I believe is at the last trump. I mean, it says last trump. The question is, is when is the last trump? That's the key. Now, if I'm wrong, we get out of here early, that's, that's great. But uh, I see that we're going to be going through the uh, the greatest persecution, tribulation of all time. I don't believe that we're appointed to God's wrath. But if you look at it, uh, persecution, tribulation, wrath, I believe they're, <laughs> they're different things. My point is, uh, even if you were to make it through all the, the chaos that's going to be happening, plagues, meteor strikes, wormwood, wars, uh, famine, pestilence, nuclear explosions going off down the street, um, to see Jesus return, to take the church. you still got to die to take on your new body. And so um, we don't get out of here alive, folks. The, the reason that we're concerned with where we are is because that kind of gives us some measure of how much time we got to do something for the Lord because that's what it really is about. When you step out of this body, it's over with. Whatever you're going to do for the Lord better have been done. Now we're talking about eternal reward. If you make it to heaven, okay. If I make it to heaven, uh, you know, there is uh, an accounting, it says, for us all. We must all stand before God and give an accounting for every idle word that we've said. And, you know, there's going to be rewards. What have you done with the talents God gave you? Did we sit and do nothing? Did we just take the time down here and live for ourselves and enjoy it? Or did we actually go out in the Great Commission? You know, if the litmus test, Zoe, uh, of being a believer, it says the signs that shall follow them that believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. You know, they'll tread on the serpents and the scorpions. They'll raise the dead. We're to go out there and evangelize. Um, what that's telling me, man, and personally, is i got to get busy. Because I haven't been doing too many of these things, Zoe. It was all about me, man. And I, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And so he took me up on that. And now I think he's, he's getting me prepared, trained, uh, and, and thousands across this country to do some end-time work for him. That's what it's about. And I'll tell you, uh, I don't really worry about the nukes anymore. I used to be prepared to go through it. I used to have an NBC suit, night vision goggles, bulletproof vest, Kevlar helmets. I could have uh, funded a small army with my armament. I was a gun dealer on top of all that, my friend. I know what I'm talking about here, folks. I had some friends who are some of the top patriots in this country. Thought just like me. In fact, uh, I wasn't too far away from buying a missile silo. If I could have done it, I would have done it, my friend, because I was ready to go underground. 
to ride the storm out. And uh, and God smacked me in the face and said, you know, where's the where's working for me? You're not going to get a reward doing that. You're seeking to save your life. The ones that go in the, in the underground bunker, which is going to be the elite in these last days, Zoe, God goes down and gets them. They don't come out, man. The rocks fall on them. They right. think they're going to escape under underground. But, folks, the only way out of this thing is to go through the fire with the Lord. And if you're doing the work of the Lord, you're out there evangelizing. You're out there laying hands on the sick. You're moving in the Elijah Challenge training. You're uh, casting out demons. You've got a great chance of uh, being protected by the Lord. And if he calls you home, so be it. Well, when you go home, you're going to have a reward because you're working for him down here. You know, life's short, Zoe. What are we going to do with the time he's given us? I believe this is a uh, test run for eternity. He's trying to see, you know, who will give up their lives for him in exchange for an eternal reward with him. So that's really, um, you know, I've been man, I've been contemplating on that. I said, God, I'd like to do something with my life to make, you know, make a difference. And you know, I feel I feel guilty that I've waited till I was forty years old almost. So uh, well, listen, you know, you know so many of the great person. ministries, so many of the great ministries have gone into the wilderness. You can look at Jesus, and he was prepared 40 days in Moses in the wilderness. The children, God always has a wilderness, type and shadows. What shall be, shall be again. And God is, again, preparing his people in a wilderness. So right now, honestly, if you're not in a wilderness, then something's wrong. Because God loves you so much to put you in a wilderness. God loves you so much to kill you. You say, well, that's love? Yeah, love is to be killed by the Lord, meaning crucified, okay? Just as Jesus went through his crucifixion and was resurrected, so shall his church be crucified in their trials and tribulations and go through a death process of their of their wants, desires, and all the things that are not of him to make us into the image of him. Because what is this world all about? Why do we have a free will? Why are we going through this on the earth? We're going through it because he's trying to produce a, 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 a free will in eternity. Think about what he's doing here. It's a free will. We're going to rule and reign with a free will in eternity. Now, how can God let rebellion? How can God let apostasy? How could God let any of the nonsense that we live in on a daily basis into heaven? He couldn't ever do that. We have free wills. And that's why we go through the process, because he wants a dead man. And the more dead men that we have here, the more people that are that are crucified with Christ will live, their, their being, their essence of who they are, the real you, will live uh, in its fullness into heaven. But it does say, those who do not yield will suffer loss through the fire. Well, what does that mean? I was wondering, what do you mean suffer loss? It means the essence of you of, that's not redeemed is going to die in the fire as he brings it through. And I'm like, well, the Lord is saying he wants most and all of us to get into reward, to get the rewards. He wants all of you. And any part of you that's not sold out and yielded over, okay, it's darkness. And God cannot let darkness into heaven. He has to burn it away. So what is it all about? What is all of this about? It's about laying it down. The more we lay it down, the more we shine, the more we, uh, the rewards and everything that God has promised in heaven that we would have on this earth and the next in eternity, we will be able to rule and reign with him. And uh, think of it that way, folks. Why 
am I going through this and why do I need to do this? Well, because you have a free will and you need to be uh, trained and equipped and, uh, you know, and, and tuned in to what the spirit wants to do for eternity. That's, it's a bigger picture. You ever been to one of these um, coin machines where you go in there and you have a, a, a big old sack of coins, maybe you got some quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies, and you throw it in there and it sorts them out? You throw them in the tray and what it does is start to agitate them and shake it. There's a great shaking. And then it sorts out the quarters from the nickels and the dimes and then it counts it out. And, you know, uh, I believe that's what what's happening right now. There's a sifting going on. You know, it says judgment comes first to the house of the Lord. The righteous scarcely be saved. Where did the sinner and the ungodly appear? And I believe God is sifting the saints, and he's trying to, uh, you know, he, he's pulled the net in out of the ocean, and now they got it up on deck, and they're trying to sort out the starfish from the, the salmon, from the, uh, the you know, the uh, stingray, and, you know, from the jellyfish, and throw back the ones that uh, aren't keepers. And I believe God's doing that right now. He's looking for people that he can keep in eternity with him, and that are willing to lay down their life down here for temporary joy and gain, and give it all up to him to be used as he will. And then, okay, so people are saying, well, okay, I understand. I understand we're going into hard times and, you know, there's a shaking going on. Well, what do I do next? I'm ready to be used of the Lord. Uh, what kind of ministry is God looking for his people to get involved in, Zoe? Well, I mean, what we got to do is go to his word and see what it is he's asking us to do. He's asking us to to be equipped. Uh, for every good work, you know, and you say, well, I want to get enlisted. Well, you tell the Holy Spirit, Lord, and once you're, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are enlisted. You're bought and paid for once you give your life over. So now it's a matter of how do I line up and get the training that I need to get? Well, there's a thing called the school of the Spirit. And if you tell the Lord, like Shannon, you did, I want to go to ground zero. You meant it. You're a little bit nervous about how to do it, but you said, Lord, I'll go to ground zero if, if, if my heart is to do that. I don't know how to do that, but what happened? God brought you to ground zero, brought you to a place of where he's sifting you, and he's making you rely upon him daily for your bread every day, completely strip down everything in your life so you could be a, uh, a soldier ready to be trained. Like you said, you called yourself a private. Is it a private you called now? Um, I just, if you stay in six months, they give you another bar, so I'm actually private first class. <laughs> Well, that's that's humble of you, brother. Some people think they're generals and captains, and you know. And God is looking for humble privates that are nameless, faceless men and women of God. Like I, I don't even call myself what I'm ordained. I say I'm Minister Joseph. Try to keep it humble. I don't need titles, and that's good. So if you're not about titles and about the pat on the back, God can use you. He could train you and equip you. And I really believe over the next several months. There's going to be some things put out amongst this network that are going to bless the body of Christ. They're going to equip them, trainings. Uh, I know William Lau is starting something that I got in the, the Challenger's mail. It said he called it spiritualtrainers.org. What he's looking to do is send out people to your city to train you in person, to bring you through the Great Commission, and give you the, the balanced message of how to cast out a devil, how to heal the sick. There's, there's things in the scriptures we need to learn in the Word how to do that. How to uh, receive the baptism of fire and holiness and to, and to speak and use your prayer language to tear down satanic forces, uh, tread on serpents and scorpions, and then ultimately uh, reprocreate yourself, which is making a disciple 
of, of what God has poured out into you. That's the ultimate. God is looking to make disciples, to make a replication of, of himself and others. And that is our job to do, to help, to train, and to equip. And then, again, it just keeps going around in a circle. So, you know, there's many, many people out there, Shannon, that are dying and lost, and nobody's reaching them. And unless we equip as ministers those who are in need and, and obey the gift of God that's poured out in us, how will they know? How will they be trained? Uh, it doesn't come through just, you know, standing there in a room. You have to hear. You have to obey. You have to be somewhere. You have to sacrifice in order to get into position. So as, as any military teaches, there's a boot camp, okay? There's a training. There's an equipping. There's an outpouring. These things have to, have to come to the church. And you can't do it locked up in your room. You can't do it, say, ah, the church, you know, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be around those people. Oh, yes, you do. Because God is reorganizing and reforming his body. And it's important that you get with your, your fellow believers, whether it's in a house, whether it's in a local church in the area. You know, God will show you who's, who's right and who's wrong. He'll, he'll speak to you. He'll put you right where you need to be. And, and God is good, and, and you can get equipped. And um, so that's really what I see. I see uh, we're going to talk about RAW, the network that we're going to start, uh, Omega Man, the radical anointed warfare prayer night that we all can come together and get on the show and pray for people and pray for our country. That's part of it, too. You know, we got to pray. we got to uh, join together and be one. If you think about the message that Jesus had in the garden, and I think it was John 17 and then finally in 18, he prayed for his disciples. And he cried in the garden before he was betrayed. He said, Father, I pray that they may be one. You've given them unto me. Now, Lord, I, I, I ask you, Father, to pour out the unity amongst my people. And then he prayed for those that not, were not yet saved. He prayed for the future generations. And he said, Lord, and I also want the unity to go to, to the tenth generation. Please protect my sheep, and let this let love be the thing that bonds them together. Let love, okay? Not pet peeves about dispensation and all that. That's just the enemy trying to work in and trying to separate what God wants to do. So we we have an opportunity to join networks of people together in the Lord and pray and equip and visit cities where they live and actually go and train and embrace pastors and ministry. This is something that is, is I feel, is my burden that I've been called from the foundation of the world to be a part of. I'm not anything, but I know, I, I see that God wants his church triumphant, and he wants to come back for that church without spot or wrinkle. And if I, if I can lay my life down to be a part of helping that happen, that's what I'm going to do. Well, amen to that. You know, um, God God gives everybody different strengths and talents, and you know, there's there's many um, things that we can do for the Lord. I almost feel like this is like the first day of school. You remember um, <laughs> yeah. going back to school, and for, you know, you go over there and you get uh, handed out your class assignments, <laughs> and you run around trying to find where your class is and, and meet up and see who you know who you going to be in your class and where you're going to sit and. Yeah. I believe God is, you know, he's, he's trying to, he's saying, you know, school's on. Uh, I'm not going to um, release you out into full-time ministry like give you some training, throw you to the wolves, because you're literally going out to fight the host of hell. And these hosts of hell and what we've got laying ahead of us, folks, they want to kill you. That's uh, true. You know, they want, Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy, so God's got to train people. You know, we don't just send our guys over to uh, Iraq without sending them to uh, basic training. 
you know, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, or wherever they go, or Lejeune, if you're a Marine, uh, God's going to—they're going to train you, and then they're going, you know, teach you how to shoot a gun. And they're going to make sure you've got a uniform and all your uh, your battle pack, and then they they put you on a plane and send you over to the front line. Well, you know, God's doing that too. And um, if we look at what the uh, what the assignment is going for this time, it's it's uh, the Great Commission. You know, evangelism, casting out demons, laying hands on the sick, um, the fruits of the spirit. You know, all these things uh, come together. And uh, so there's an opportunity out there, folks, um, to still get some training, you know, b- b- before D-Day. And, you know, that's, that's what God is calling us to do. And there's some great programs out there, uh, just as always mentioned, the Elijah Challenge training. I highly recommend it. Uh, I mean, there's God. others. The Way of the Master. I mean, we put down yeah. the list of, of of the ministry. There's YouTube videos uh, of soul preaching and demonstrating on how to minister. And there's uh, a myriad of different teachings and trainings that you can uh, be a part of to actually grow. But I just want to say this, too. And it doesn't mean that at your job, I mean, right now, you, you, the word of your testimony is what overcomes the overcomes Lucifer and his kingdom, the word of your testimony, the blood yeah. of the Lamb. So you you step up there. And you tell people about what God's done for you. Just a little testimony. They'll see the joy. They'll see the, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. They'll see the change in your eyes. They'll, they'll see the love that's in your heart. God is the fruit of the Spirit as well. So even though you want to you want to fight and be military like like God commanded the 70 and to go out, and he, he said, go. Okay, well, you can go in, in a smaller way as you learn how to go in a bigger way. Because it, I, I didn't learn how to step out overnight. And I got beat up, and I'll get into those stories about me confronting demons, because one thing I did when I was a kid, young, I was saved at 19. I've been saved almost 30 years now, and God had used me in the streets. Like, I can't even begin to describe some of the things that happened. I will get into that, but in the meantime, I just stepped out. I got beat up a little, but I went out to the, to the hair salon, get a haircut with my Bible. I sat down. I was brave enough to open up the book and say, hey, listen, I have something to tell you. I mean, I did things like that, and I saw people get saved. People got saved because I was willing to go and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So on your job, McDonald's, wherever it is, uh, you know, if you're a lawyer or you're in, in, the, in the entertainment, whatever it is, you can be a witness. As you are getting equipped, you can step out in the small things and let people know that, that they're loved. You know, uh, Zoe, the, the ministry has, has been one that's been so scattered. You know, it's like taking the, the puzzle and you dump it out of the box and it's on the table and you start to assemble the pieces to, you know, get the picture of what it is that you're building. And, you know, ministry has been like that in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, you've had an unbalanced gospel out there. You know, they've only been teaching one thing for, for many years in a lot of churches. And, and uh, you know, if you happen to get your church off of the, the boot tube, you know, in my opinion, they're teaching another gospel. It's called the gospel of Judas. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have sold out uh, the ministry of money piece of silver. But my point is, that is, is the truth. you know, we're coming out of a dark ages, and so I, I see you've got one group that does evangelism. You've got one group that does deliverance. You've got others that believe in miracle healing. And uh, you've got others that, you know, have never even heard of some of these. They've never seen them in their churches. And you've got others that say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the fruits of the Spirit, you know, seeing the Holy Ghost power. And uh, you've got to pull all these things together and get them to operate together. And so, yeah, there is some difficulty right now trying to get these different facets together. 
But folks, we're to embrace it all because all this makes up the full gospel. And you know, literally, we, we've all been called to do these things. And you may have to do them at some time or another. You know, one day you might have to. You run into, you got to cast out a demon. Another another day, you got someone needs a healing. Other day, they just need the gospel message. You know. Uh, and then, you know, my, my point is, is uh, I believe uh, if there ever is a time to to get cross trained, Zoe, now is the time. And for Did the you different ministries, cross trained. Did you say cross training? Cross training. Wow, awesome, brother. Cross training. That is awesome. Because, yeah, a deliverance ministry needs a little bit of work in, in maybe the warfare area or, or discipleship. And then the discipleship guys and evangelism need to know how to flow in the anointing and know how an to example. listen to God tell them. Yeah. Okay, we got Salt Ministries. Um, I think one of the premier examples of getting out, taking the uh, evangelism ministry to the streets. Okay? Those are the guys you talk to about uh, street ministry. They get out there and you know, with the signs and and they you know they uh, pass out the booklets and the bullhorn, they're preaching. That's hardcore street ministry. Then you've got uh, ministries like Dr. Pat Holliday. You've got Richard Keltner Watchman Radio. Uh, you've got John Gogan, Mike Deer, and Steve Bell. These are hardcore deliverance ministries, folks. They know what they're talking about. They've been fighting demons for decades, many many cases. Then you've got guys like uh, William Lau, the Elijah Challenge. You know, get out there, mountain miracle faith, you know, sing miracles. And uh, these are just some examples I'm putting together. But we don't need to learn just deliverance or just evangelism or just uh, healing, do we? We're supposed to be moving in all this, aren't we? Yes, we are. And so that's that's the goal, folks. And I see a lot of groups butting heads. You know, the evangelism side, That's they said, wait a minute, I've never heard of deliverance. Or deliverance says, you know, what do you mean i got to get out there and uh, get on the street corners and preach and, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, <laughs> adjustments that need to be going on all across the body. But look, folks, we, we can't just do one. We've got to get together and move them all because you've got to be ready to move out of one phase into the next. It says equipped for every good work. And it says, that, well, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's equipped for every good work, not just one work, but every good work. Okay, so, you know what? You should be able to move in a word of knowledge on the street. You should be able to move in a miracle or the gift of prophecy and interpretation at any given moment because that's, that's, everyone has their, their thing. The body moving out together, if you don't have a strength in one area, God will use someone next to you. And it's all about joining together and about stepping out and getting equipped for every good work. And I think what the Lord is saying here, Shannon, if we could kind of like nutshell this thing, I think he's wanting to equip the saints in the full great commission. The commission of the full fivefold outpouring of God which comes under God's gifting and his Holy Spirit teaching and training those to get ready for what's about to come. I think we're, we're being brought back to square one. And I think right back in the book of Acts when Jesus delivered to the disciples uh, the Holy Spirit and said wait until I pour this out and I'll teach you and, and lead you into all truth, I, I believe that's what's coming again. It's a restoration and a reformation of the church of Jesus to, to make it without spot or wrinkle and prepare her for every good work. That's what we're saying. And how he's going to do this, uh, how he's going to use Omega Man Radio and, and Zoe Mortal and Richie Keltner and, and his, and his fiancée and all the great ministers around the country that we've come in contact with and join us together for this great commission, we're going to see it unfold. We're, we're in the middle of it, 
and I think God's, God's doing it. And, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see what's next, Shaq. Well, now, if we will cooperate with the Lord, Zoe, God has a beautiful plan to yes, uh, interlink us all. And um, when the the fireworks go off, I mean, it's uh, it's time to get busy. We're all going to be battling for, for our very lives. Yes. But uh, God is uh, not going to put more on us than we can bear. And he's trying to train us and get us ready, get us conditioned to uh, so that we will not faint. Okay, and we'll, we'll be ready to... Uh, Take some blows because, you know, in any battle, there's going to be casualty, folks. But here's the biggest concern I have, Zoe. Uh, if if we don't um, come together as the body of Christ, there is a time coming where it's going to be very difficult to make contact with each other. I mean, they've got what they call the Internet kill switch. They hit the button yeah. and the whole grid goes down. I believe that time is coming. I believe we're going to be going back to the communication stone ages in, in many ways. And uh, whereas we... We take for granted now how easy it is to contact each other, Skype, Yahoo, telephone, whatever, even this blog talk program. There could be a time when the communication line is cut off. So we need, we better uh, know what our game plan is. We better have already made our divine connections and be ready to move in ministry. Right. And because think Satan about is going to try to divide and conquer, my friends. Think about this. That It's even more important to get with the body, to get fellowshipping with your body. Where's your body? Where, where's your right arm? Where's your leg? Where well, are let's they? address that. I mean, um, listen, we've been talking about this for some time offline, and uh, I can attest to several people that I know, uh, and I'm sure you you will uh, cooperate this. You know, look, um, so many people have been hurt in the apostate churches. You know, they said, I, I just can't compromise. My stomach churns. I can't handle going in there they're not preaching about uh what's coming i know in my in my gut that uh, the pastor has no discernment so what do we do you know we, we pull ourselves out of that but uh the flip side of that brother is uh if we pull ourselves out of that and we don't go get in fellowship then what happens we're living alone man with no with no network and then what happens? You get out there for too long on an island. You get put on a, a desert island somewhere. You start talking to Wilson, the, the, the ball, man. <laughs> I mean, you'll lose your mind. Uh, folks, you've got to have fellowship to survive. What is the answer, Zoe? Because everybody I talk to doesn't go to church. Even I don't go to a local church. I haven't found one that I fit. What's the answer? Shannon, that is a tough question. And um, I believe the Lord's going to unfold it through the body and begin to uh, bring testimony of, of different experiences that people have had, you know, going through this process. I know that I was taken from my family, a big family. It was an ism. They were powerful in their ways. You know, God said, hey, I'm removing you from this, and I'm going to teach you and take you into the wilderness. But I don't think he wanted to leave us there. So all these people that are out in the wilderness and they're all like, you know, that church and that this one hurt me and that one did. I know, I know God does not want to leave his people, his sheep, separated. Because even in the Bible it says when they get separated, the wolves come and they can be deceived and devoured. That's not God's plan, to have his body separated from... You say, well, wait a minute, I, I, I watch TV and I saw the evangelist. Or, yeah, I get on the blog talk radio and I'm fellowshipping there, and you know, and I, I do my internet thing and all. That's really not what the gospel says that we need to do. How to solve that issue is love and unity. And, you know, finding the common ground 
Okay, yes, we're all going through growing pains, and that growing pain is the coming out of Babylon growing pains. Nobody has arrived. And anybody that says, oh, that church hurt me, grow up. You know what? It wasn't them. It's, it's, they, they weren't preaching the truth. Okay, but you can't blame Jesus. Can't well, blame God. Are we going to let Satan rob us of fellowship? You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Now, I've heard some say, well, that only works in the context of, you know, coming up once a year for the Feast of the Tabernacles. Well, I believe that uh, there are certain holidays, brother, that are going to be in the new millennium. You know, the Bible is very clear that in the new millennium, the Feast of Tabernacles is going to be in effect. And people that don't go up and uh, honor that, God's going to okay, throw a place now, now you hit. Now you're hitting on a solution. <laughs> now God is restoring but, his church, bringing people back together. What about going to the feast? There's many believers but there's that are getting together them. for the feast. Yeah. Yes, I believe one is, yes, we should uh, assemble for the feast. The other part, though, is, folks, you need to assemble for fellowship because if you don't, uh, you're more susceptible to attack. And listen, you know, when the enemy's stalking, he always goes after the, the lone, the lone uh, antelope out there. If you run in a herd, you've got protection. And I don't know the answer, brother. Maybe we've got to get a network up here and, you know, break it up by states and say, hey, all like-minded believers sign up here and does someone want to, uh, you know, start a home church, you know. But um, back to the point of the, the tabernacles. Now, that's interesting. Uh Brother, I believe that uh, some of these feasts are for today. In fact, uh, it's foreign to me and many people because we weren't raised that way. But, uh, you know, that's because we're coming out of the Babylonian church system. Hey, listen, I've been Christian a very long time. I have gone to my first feast a year ago because the Lord put it in my heart. He said, I want you to go to a feast. I want you to experience what it is and understand what my true feast and my true uh, uh, observations is. Are. And I'm like, well, you know, I never, I was taught that we, they were done away with and that we didn't need to observe them. And I was happy with Easter and all that. No, God's putting it in my heart to want to go, want to understand. And you know what? I, I, I got a long ways to go. And so I got around some of my messianic friends, people that were ministering to me, and I went. And man, I had such a great time enjoying their fellowship and learning the, 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 the Yahweh and the Torah and different commandments that have not passed away, the ones that God still wants his church to observe, not in, in, in religion, but in his rest. I learned that there was a rest and that in, in the rest of God there is a Sabbath every day. Not just Saturday or Sunday, but it's every day. I learned about the different feasts and what they meant and how they pointed to the, I mean, that was a gathering, and that was fellowship, and that blessed me. So we're talking about a start could be, hey, get into a home church, go to the feast next week. I know Vincent Xavier, praise God, he's having a big feast. I think two, three, four hundred people are pitching tents. I know in Eulis. Uh, Steve Bell is, is doing a, a feast of gathering with meals. There are churches that are doing these things and that are honoring the Lord, and they are truly the remnant uh, of, of God. And, you know, if you can find one or you can, you know, we'll try to help you if we can. Write us, you know, let Shannon know, you know, you want to go, you want to be a part. We'll set you up. And if, and if you're, you're in Dallas, we'll get together. Give you my Facebook page. You can get together with me. We'll have a little fellowship, coffee, pray, sing some songs. I'm all about it. Amen to that. Uh, and people ask me, well, where, where do you get that verse at? Uh, I had to look it up. It's, uh, I believe it's Zechariah 14:19. It was a, uh, it was a look at uh, the future. 
And it's it should come to pass. I want to see that. Let me see here. Uh, let me back up, actually. It should, is actually uh, Zechariah, here with me, uh, yeah. chapter 14, verse 16. It says, you want to read it, Zoe? I'm not at it yet, plus I don't have glasses. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, this shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. You know, what it's talking about, folks, is it's uh, it's a fast-forward and look into the future, I believe, which is the uh, the new millennial reign, you know, the thousand years after the return of Christ and the day of the Lord. Uh, you know, this uh, people say, well, the earth's fixing to be destroyed 2012. Folks, we've got at least another thousand years, probably more than that. I mean, it's the end of the age. It's not the end of the world. And so right. even after this terrible time of the, the seven years, if, if that's the duration of the tribulation, personally, I believe it is, uh, my point is, is we've got at least another thousand years, and right here it says that at least one feast, the Feast of the Tabernacles, is still going to be in effect. And everybody will be required to come up and do it. And if you don't, there will be no rain and be plagues poured out on you. So I was thinking, wow, maybe we ought to learn about the Feast of the Tabernacles and get used to keeping it. Now, it could go much deeper than that if you want to follow it, Zoe. There's some like Monte Judah up in um, Oklahoma which believe that uh, the way out of the tribulation is to go into the literal wilderness, and to survive in the wilderness, you've got to learn how to keep the Feast of the Tabernacles. Yes, you, know, you move, do. Move when God tells you to move. Rely on Him for yeah. cover by day, fire by night. He'll tell you where to go, when to go, and if you move according to the Word of God, then you can you can be ahead of all these things that are going to be falling all around you. Very true. Uh, and they believe that uh, when the, the fireworks go off, that their general command is go back to where they kept their last piece of the tabernacle. So there's people that have been preparing themselves, folks. I don't have it all figured out. Uh, I'm at a kind of a disadvantage growing up in the American church, Zoe. You know, it came out of a Babylonian sun god worship. You know, we kept uh, Christmas, Halloween, Easter bunny, egg hunts on Sunday. You know, we were raised to believe that uh, <laughs> we're going to go to hell if we didn't go to church on Sunday. Man, I, my parents had me convinced that Santa Claus was real and Rudolph. I used to sit out in my window when I was seven. I was so devastated, bro. <laughs> but this is what the Catholic Church teaches you. You know, uh, we were raised Roman to believe Catholic. that Christians can't have demons. And, uh, you know, right. on and on I, I can go down the list. And, and folks, I've, I've, and that we're going to get out of here before any trouble comes. I mean, listen. Okay. You know, if, if you think you could get uh, get thrown on the bus for just one of these things, look at all the things I believe, brother. It's contrary to most of the mainstream church. And, folks, our goal here is to wake people up to say, put on the brakes. The freight train is ahead. Uh, you're fixing to get smashed and run over. 
it's time to divert and go in another direction and uh, get prepared, buckle down. Once you realize what time it is, wake up, get into the battle, okay? Do something with the remaining time you got, however long that is, because there's an eternal reward at stake here. And uh, if you don't, folks, you may find yourself jumping out of a window, like Marie Osmond's son did. He was so depressed. And, of course, he believes that he'll be reincarnated, uh, you know, with uh, Joseph Smith. (laughs) I don't know how I got off onto that. Well, Uh, you know what, Shannon? We can get into some of the finer details next time we get together to chat. I'm sure we'll do this again. And we'll talk more about the timeline and where we are in this thing and what the news events have been speaking about. You know, there's, there's some particulars that have already been spoken by God's prophetic messengers. And uh, it's it summarized. There is, a, there is a, you can put your hand on it and touch it, okay? And, and those that are listening and have their ear inclined, God is saying, he's giving instruction. It says, uh, I believe in Daniel, it says in, in the last days, um, they that have understanding will instruct many. And those that God has uh, set as watchmen are those that are instructing the scroll has been opened, and it was not opened in Daniel's day. He said, no, seal it up. It's not open. But I believe that that scroll has been opened, and now God is uh, unveiling the truth of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's, it can be seen now, and it's unfolding. And he, he wants his people to be prepared. He does not want them to, to, it to come upon them like a thief. It will come upon those that are not prepared as a thief, it says. But he commands his watchmen to watch so that it does not come upon them like a thief. He does not want you in the dark. So this whole, I guess, fireside chat, even though we heard about Shannon and how God called them, is really leading to about God wanting to prepare you for every good work and equip you and get you ready and get you in a, in a, in a body. I call it a church, but a body, the, a gathering of, of believers so you could be strengthened and protected in these times to come. That's what he's saying. Hey Amen. If you if uh, you know if you were warned, folks, that um, if let's say you had an advance notice that uh, there was going to be someone to come up to your your house tonight, that was their plan. They were going to break in when you're sleeping, bust down the door. One guy was going to steal uh, your money. Another one was going to go in there and rape your children or your wife, and then they were going to cut your throat before it was over with. Would uh, you just leave the door open and go back to sleep? No, absolutely not. If if you knew what was coming, you would be prepared. You'd be waiting there at the door with a 12-gauge shotgun. Okay, ready to lay down your life if necessary, but you know, you're going to protect your family at all costs. And uh, I'm just using that as an example. That's what's coming in the spirit. Satan's armies, his host of hells are coming. And they intend to uh, run over with a steamroller. Many people, as they're asleep, those, those will be the easy ones to kill. The point is, we've got the fight of our life on, on our hands, and the good news is is there is weapons available to us um, to overcome them. And so it's time to wake up and get in the battle, sharpen your sword, okay, get in the Word of God, renew your mind, wake up, turn off the TVs, stop relying on a man on the television or a woman, whatever case it may be, to give you the whole rundown from here to the time the Lord returns. Go back to the Word and and take everything to God in prayer, even that we're saying tonight. Don't believe us. Go see what the, the Word says about it and pray and ask God what He'd have you to do. But I'm saying all that to say this. Uh, we're in for the warfare of our life. 
And I believe that uh, one man or one woman can make a difference, Zoe. What Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing. I believe that one of the greatest things we can learn about is uh, is deliverance and spiritual warfare. And uh, that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about in the remaining minutes. Uh, right. God has been showing you a vision for a term that has become known as raw. You want to talk about that? Yeah, we could talk about that. I want to get into more detail about it later, but I could just say this. And really, it was birthed at, on your show. I mean, I came in, I was driving, and I think you saw me in the queue, and I didn't want to come on. I was coming home from work. And uh, you said, Zoe, you know, how you doing? You put me right in the queue. And I said, I'm online, and I'm driving. Well, I was tired, and, you know, and I wasn't, like, really feeling an anointed, you know. But yet, you said, oh, Zoe, you know, I want you to pray for this woman. And all of a sudden, something came on me, and I began to speak in tongues. Now, I, I never do that. Okay? I just start speaking in tongues out of nowhere. It came on me, and I could not stop it. Now, I don't know if it was just something that God was releasing in the airwaves there for the show and what he was going to do, or it was for the woman or whatever. But I know the Lord told us to worship him and lift him up. And, and then as that anointing fell on me, I started driving home, and it just didn't lift. And then as I was driving, I began to see a picture of different cities connecting to each other, the body of Christ from city to city. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? You know, And I'm seeing a group. You know, I've seen I've seen people in a circle praying, but I saw this interesting looking. Um, uh, it looked like a pod in the middle of the floor. It was on a stand. It was up high, about chest height. And I was like, "What the heck is that? It looks like a little spaceship." And I saw this thing connected to the radio. And I'm like, "My goodness, look at that!" I saw a group in one city, a group in another city, and a group in another city. I said, "Lord, what is this?" And it's, and, and and I heard the word raw. And I'm looking at it, and I heard radical, anointed, warfare prayer. And I'm like, my God, is that what you're saying, Lord? You want your people to come together to pray for this country? You want your people to come together to pray for healing for, the, for those that are downtrodden? Lord, you want to connect your, your bodies from city to city here to, to join in, in prayer? And I was like, my God, that's unbelievable, you know? And I, I meditated, and I had to call you. And I called, I and God began to show me the whole, how it's going to work, and the networking of it, the technology. He's leading me how to do it. I mean, it's just amazing what he showed me. And it, it happened one night when I believe we were praying with Mike Beavers and Jeff, and, and, and the anointing was heavy, and it was like God was healing and touching. And he wants to multiply that. I believe he wants the body to multiply and do this. Well, what I mean, God showed you was a, uh, a, a technology. I mean... Yeah. Uh, the, the the process of internet intercessory prayer, folks, is is not a new one. It's been going on a long time. Right. Um, while it was fermenting and and marinating in Zoe's heart and mind, God was downloading this picture. You know, I had seen people like Wynn Worley uh, in the groups. They would do intercessory prayer against the Illuminati and had some powerful success up until about '93. And I said, "Well, I don't hear anybody doing that anymore." And then just by the time I thought nobody was praying. I, I go over to Miracle Internet Church, and Dr. Pat Holliday and the church there have been doing uh, you know, intercessory prayer for you know two decades. The, the deal, though, was is they didn't have many people that would join with them. And uh, there's many people said, man, I, I believe in the power of prayer. So I'm thinking, what happened? Uh, why is there not anybody doing this on a big scale? And so uh, as I'm thinking this in my mind, and others are getting the revelation that you know prayer is what we need, Intercessory prayer, God actually showed you a new technology, which I don't think anybody had ever uh, thought of before. Not on the radio, no. 
using the, the new technology of the Internet where we can, you know, be linked together and we can, you know, bring people on a live line, you found a way to actually get pods of people. So instead of, you know, three or four people or five people, you could have five lines with ten people on each side. You could have 50 people praying. And 500 in people five praying. Different, in five different cities. Using the technology of the Internet. Yes. And the pod technology. Um, so God is actually, you know, he's confirming it, folks, that uh, one of the greatest things we could do right now is get a, an army of spiritual warfare intercessors. People out there, you know, targeted prayer. And, you know, prayer changes things, Zoe. I believe that. And uh, I believe God honors prayer. Amen. And you know what? We've already demonstrated that it can work on a small scale on the air. We've seen the gifts manifesting. We've seen people have been healed, witches saved, uh, word of knowledge going forth, and amulets being uncovered by the Spirit and, and told to be destroyed. We've seen healings of people's sicknesses and demons coming off people and getting getting the, uh, lifted and getting, you know, joy coming on the, the chat room, peace being spoken out over the chat rooms, and God just, I mean, I just saw it happen. The men of peace came upon those that opened the door. And really, what the radio is, is a doorway. When you answer the phone, it's almost like when Jesus said he commanded his disciples, the two witnesses that go door to door. He said, knock on this door, and if a man of peace answers, Go in there, and it says, not even to, to pray, it said to heal. It said, heal all those that are there. Sup with them. Stay as long as you like. Well, what do you think is going to happen when God heals that unsuspecting man of peace? They're going to get healed and tell their family. And their family is going to tell that family. And next thing you know, churches will be born in homes. Well, the door of a, of a, of a phone is the same thing as a knock on a door. It's an entryway into the airwaves, into that person's life. And the same thing can be accomplished over the phone. So now you have a person getting healed that heard about the show. You can hand out invitations. Hey, we're going to pray. Do you need healing if you know somebody that's got cancer? Imagine a 100 people on the line at the same time in five cities praying for someone who has cancer. What do you think is going to happen? Instantaneous healing. If somebody has a death, a death sentence, they're dying. Right? They're in a hospital. The phone's on. We put them up. There's, there's 100 people, 200 people praying for someone that we found out that was in a home all together crying out to God at once, commanding with the authority that God's given us. You know what's going to happen. The fame of him will go out through the land. The fame of him Amen. will go out to the land. There's going to be signs and so, wonders. I mean, you know. Yes, and it's already been confirmed. It's already happened. We've seen it over the last three weeks happen on several shows, and now God wants to expand it, and he wants to bless Richie Keltner with it. He wants to bless Rick Wiles and Nathan Leal, and anyone that is willing to set up a network in their little network, and they could begin to do this as well. And it's not much money. I think I found one of the, one of the cheaper ones that seemed to be, well, about 60 bucks. Plugs USB into the side of your Skype. All of a sudden, the whole room's live. It's a 180-degree, uh, uh, you know, ambient sound where if 10 people were in a circle, everybody could be heard and it wouldn't be overpowering. So, and, and if somebody had a word and a prophecy or a word of healing, a word of miracle, they could step forward and begin to release what God's showing them. And the moderator, which would be you or me or whoever, could say, okay, now Seattle, we want you to pray for the President of the United States and the, and the government. We can go into intercessory prayer for cities. The whole the whole network could be praying 
online. So this is what I saw. So I have to follow through. And Shannon, thank you for uh, your obedience and to allow me to share this and and to support um, what God has said for us to do. And, and amen, brother, and I'm excited. Amen. And um, this, is, this is exciting. It's exciting uh, seeing uh, the possibility of dealing a death blow to the enemy. Because, frankly, I'm tired of being uh, a punching bag for the enemy. I'm tired of Satan trying to kill me and my family, steal from us, to try to destroy our lives. And you out there, too, folks. I mean, how, how many of us have been under attack? We've all been attacked. Why do we have to sit there and take anymore? There's power in prayer. Strength in numbers. our privileges. Amen. We need, to, we need to get into the battle because it's going to come to you whether you're ready or not. Get in the battle. At least you get in there with your full armor and start start striking the serpent. You know, because God has given us the ability to overcome them. Greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. It doesn't mean that some of us might not have to lay down our lives for Christ. But uh, that's our that's our obligation, folks. Christ died. For brother, us. you're at the you're at the top of the hour, my brother. Uh, we are running out of time here, so um, I want to thank you for coming on. Before we go, Zoe. Would you um, say a prayer for those that are tuning in tonight? Amen. Father, we come before you humbly, Lord God, and we worship you for being the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, that you've opened our hearts, Lord God, and you say where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst. And we thank you for your ministry of the Holy Spirit tonight, Lord, that you've touched people by our humble words, Lord God. And we've just opened ourselves, Zoe and um me and um, an Omega Man God, and we've come before your people, Lord, and we share our heart and share what you've done and what you've showed us, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, that it would be sowed into their hearts, Lord God, that they will not forget and that they will take what we've said, Lord, and apply it to their lives, Lord God, and, and, and hear, the, hear the call and the cry of what you're asking, O oh, Father. And we just thank you for, for what you're going to do in the future. We thank you, Lord God. Put it on anybody's heart, Lord, to get in touch with us if they want to be part of the prayer, if they want to be part of the equipping. Oh, God, we're willing to serve your people, oh, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you placed us at this time, at this particular hour, Lord. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but where I am, Lord, right now, and and in the palm of your hand, Lord, being prepared. I thank you, Lord God, for, for all my friends and even those I don't know, Lord, that are going to be my friends, I thank you for them, Lord God, and all those that you're going to join together through this network, oh God. We, we ask you to bless the raw network as it, as it builds, God. We ask you to touch lives and touch the city and touch the nation and touch those individuals, oh God, that are, that are in need, Lord, and downtrodden. We thank you for it now. We thank you for the Omega Men Network and his obedience to come to ground zero, Lord, to allow this to happen. We know it's your divine call, your divine connection, Lord. We pray for all the cities that are going to be involved, Lord God. Do it now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for it. Amen. Zoe Immortal. Zoe, give people your contact information, how they can get sure. a hold of you. They can email me at zoeimmortal at yahoo.com. at Z-O-E-M-O-R-T-A-L. And if you want to be a real friend, you can go to my Facebook and request me, Z-O-E space E-D-D-I-E. Actually, my full name is Joseph Edward White, and I go by Edward or Eddie is my middle, and then, of course, Joey or Zoe, as they call me, and uh, that's just kind of a little spoof I have. But it caught on, and God has used uh, that name, and uh, I'm proud to be called Zoe because it means the life of God. It means God life. And, and then when I was born again, brother, I had the Zoe life in me, and, 
Amen. <laughs> Praise God. There, there's usually a reason behind the, the names we choose, folks. Yeah. Uh, you'll find many call signs. Uh, there's even some out there that just go by the name of Bubba. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, Zoe, listen, if someone out there is listening right now and they would like to, um, they heard your your message on Raw, they said, hey, I would like to get me and my prayer group out here. We're doing it, but it's in a small way. We would like to join in with a larger forum. Uh, can they go ahead and contact you to sign up? Absolutely. I mean, I would like, actually, you can write to you or me, Shannon, either one. Uh, I'm sure they have your email address and contact. You have you have a website they can go to. But I believe that we're going to make announcements on your website. I'm working on a little connection page that's going to actually show the cities that are going to join the time. And if you have a suggestion of a prayer that you'd like to see prayed or some kind of burden that God has put on your heart uh, for anything, and you want to see that prayed for, you just write in and let us know. And, uh, of course, we're going to have a chat room where anybody who is not actually praying online can pray with us in the chat room. So it's all being developed right now, and you, you, you all are the first to hear about it. So uh, praise God, and I'm hoping that it does catch on with the rest of the uh, body and the radio ministries. Amen. Praise God. So it's uh, it's always a pleasure, and we'll, we'll have you uh, back on again real soon. Um, Great. Tonight was just the campfire chat, and uh, Zoe will be yeah. back on. Uh, plenty more times, folks. We, we've got a lot to cover here. God bless yes. you, Zoe. All right. God bless you, Shannon. We'll see you later. Take care, my Bye-bye. friend. All right. You are listening to Zoe Mortal, a.k.a. Minister Joseph Edward White, a good friend of Omega Man Radio. Uh, shouts out to everybody that tuned in tonight uh, that have been here for the whole two shows. Rando Mando, Marcus Bigfellow over in uh, the U.K., J.C. Overcomers for Christ, Siski, uh, all our friends out there, uh, Big Red, um, Richard Keltner, Watchman Radio. Support Richard Keltner, Watchman Radio, folks. They got the uh, fire ignited under a mega man for the deliverance ministry. Uh, tune in over there Saturday nights at 11 p.m. And uh, I talked to Richard today, and they're going to be launching a new show in addition on Wednesday night. So looking forward to that. Shouts out to Dr. Pat Holliday, John Gogan, Steve Bell, Salt Ministries, Pastor Michael Fierer of Hegewish. Uh WRW Publications is back online, folks, wrwpublications.com, home of Wynn Worley, books, audios, and videos, some of the most hardcore deliverance material you will ever find. Get over there and uh, avail yourself of that. I've got so many uh, shouts out out there tonight. Uh, just a, we had a great time in the Lord tonight. I, I really enjoyed our campfire chat. We, uh, we hope to have many more programs to bring to you as, uh, God gives us the, uh, the opportunity and the forum to do so. I believe that, um, some great things are coming, folks. I believe that, uh, yes, we'll go into the wilderness, but then I believe that you get to graduate. And, uh, many times God is going to, uh, you know, bless your finances at that point if he has found you to be trustworthy and uh, open up a lot of doors of opportunity and in ministry. I mean, folks, these are going to be some exciting times. So they will do exploits. So praise God. Um, you know, it's an exciting time we're going into. we just got to buckle down. We've got to apply ourselves. We've got to study, show ourselves approved. We've got to remember the greatest of all the, the commandments, love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. And we've got to uh, try to... Not throw each other under the bus just because 
maybe we're not all up at the same speed and level and don't understand everything fully, but we've got to work together here, folks, because it's a small army out there. And, uh, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. So God is asking us to to pick up the sword, get cross-trained in ministry, to network with each other. Every one of us have certain strengths and weaknesses, and God knows that. And so uh, God, you know, God has his, uh, his specialist in some areas. You know, they've, they've had more practice than others. Uh, so let's don't throw each other the bus if, just because maybe God has been useless in a, in a particular area. I take the deliverance ministry, folks. There are so few deliverance ministers out there. And you say, well, all you do is cast out demons, folks. That's our enemy. Somebody's got to do it. The mainstream church has dropped the ball. Give the deliverance ministers a break, okay? They're on the front lines, and that's the first sign that should follow them that believe is they'll cast out demons in my name. Don't, you got a problem with me? Go take it up with Jesus Christ. That's what he said in the Word. Don't take my word on it. Ask Jesus Christ what he said in the Word. Go read it for yourself. That's what it says. Uh, don't get me riled up. I might start preaching tonight. But in all honesty, I am um, thankful for this uh, time we had tonight. Praise God. Uh, I'm excited about what is lying ahead. I believe that, uh, again, this is uh, basic training for the tribulation. And we're going to see some exciting times going ahead. And I believe God is going to give us provision in the wilderness. So, uh, again, my name is Shannon Davis. I am called the Omega Man. We do a program nightly. For those of you just tuning in tonight, we do a show usually 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. We've started to uh, add on an additional show at 11 p.m. And I broadcast typically that Monday through Friday. Uh, I take off Saturday night. I go over and hang out over at Watchman Radio. I hope you'll join me over there. And uh, there's so many fine programs, folks, uh, in addition to Omega Man Radio. We're going to be putting up a link uh, to great programs like Rando the Mando, Repent Radio, uh, Peter Coolen, ISAB Radio. Shouts out to Peter out there. Praise God for him. He is back in the States. Unleavened Bread Ministries uh, and so forth. Uh, that have blog talk channels and, uh, you know, have regular radio programs. And, uh, of course, you know, my favorite is I Love Deliverance. So every Saturday night at 8 p.m., we have Dr. Pat Holliday on uh, to continue spiritual warfare training. We're going to have uh, Chuck Holzhauser on this week. Uh, John Gogan may be back this week. They're preparing for a conference, so I'm trying to get him on. Uh, and on and on I can go all night long. Uh, we really have uh, a lot of things to talk about, but even the Omega Man has to take a nap every once in a while. Uh, last night I did six hours of radio. Me and Anthony Hilder were uh, falling asleep at the wheel. No, actually, uh, I was awake, but uh, AJ, I think, hadn't slept for 40 hours. So uh, we, we kind of, uh, it took us a while to get cranked up. I think some caffeine finally kicked in for us both towards the end of the show. But um got some great programs coming up for you. Now, uh, just as God has 7,000 reserved in the caves back in Elijah's time, the Omega Man always has an extra 30 minutes or so <laughs> in buffer. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we have a few minutes remaining, and then I'm going to close the show for tonight. And I wanted just to tell you, my mission is uh, to go from the platform of Blog Talk Radio to WWCR Shortwave and beyond. And it's going to take some resources to do that. Uh, I'm working with what uh, God has enabled me to do. Uh, this is a ministry. It's a labor of love. Uh, I support it with my, my day job, and uh, we would like to improve the um, the quality of the signal. 
Many people say there's a uh, disparity in the volume signals. Well, not much I can do with this virtual switchboard, but I've been talking to Rich Kelton this week, and he's helping me um, to get up to speed on what the technology is that I'm going to need to to get a broadcast quality signal. So appreciate Rich for sharing with me, and uh, I'm hoping to be able to do that soon. And uh, if that can become a reality, then I hope to be able then at that point maybe to get a, a block on WWCR. If God opens the door, if uh, pray about it. If God is uh, put on your heart to to get behind Omega Man Radio, uh, anything that you give uh, goes right into the ministry. I don't take a dime. We have full transparency. And um, what we're going to do is uh, tr- try to get the equipment up so we can go out and reach uh, even more um, beyond just the internet, but even be able to go out and do this shortwave signal. Maybe even do uh, AVR satellite like uh, Dan Caitlin over at Messiah's Branch does. So. There's a lot of exciting things that can be done, and definitely the signal will will uh, be increased. We hope to go for 128-bit. Right now we're working off of 8-bit, so um, I would like to bridge that gap and get the signal uh, more professional. At any rate, we're working with what we got, and we're praising God for it. Uh, I also work with a, a small mission in India, and our goal is to feed 100 of the untouchable street kids every week. It takes about $200 to do that. That will feed 100 people. It's a ministry that I know personally and I've been working with now for about a year. And if you'd like to be a part of that, we're looking for people that would say, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice one meal a month um, and give $10. And um, what we're going to try to do is uh, get this program going every week and uh, feed the kids, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, win the lost, uh, the untouchables over in Vizag, India. That's my uh, my pet project there, uh, because I really believe in uh, what the Word says. If you lend to the poor, you have lent to God, and he shall repay. And folks, that's uh, that's the best investment you can make. Feed the poor, help the widows, the orphans, and uh, bless Israel. Genesis 12.3, if you bless my people, I'll bless you. If you curse my people, I will curse you. So we've got to stick together. At any rate, um, that's all that I have to say. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Wow, the weekend went by so fast. Now it's time to start all over again. God bless you, and uh, until next time, um, tell a friend and um, check us out. Uh, if you are not able to hear us live, remember you can get us on MP3. You can download it. You can also go to iTunes and subscribe for free and download it right to your iPod, and then you can listen to it at work. Some people uh, jog listening to the Omega Man Radio Show. Go work out. Maybe that's where I need to go is go work out. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio.